afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It is Thursday, September the 30th. It's the last day of September before we roll over into the month of my 33rd year. And it can stay the fuck away, as far as I'm concerned. It can stay as far away as humanly possible. But I can't stop the hands of time. Much like Cher. It's just not possible. She tried. And if Cher couldn't do it, fuck knows I can't. It's not a technological podcast. Hope you guys are having a good day. If you're uh, here for the first time, after watching, I, I only heard through secondhand information that uh, Mr. Black in RP, just for context, somebody at gunpoint. Shit was getting real. <laughs> Shit got but real. Uh, if you're here, if you're here via via RP uh, for the first time, welcome. We uh, we talk about video games and. Movies and TV, and uh, we answer some questions, and we just try to have a, a half-decent time out here. So we hope you enjoy yourselves here on the show. Uh, but before we get started, as always, got the most important question of the week. Mr. Black, how was your week? Uh, it was... How was my week? Um, I was sick for like an entire week. I, I'm just over it now. Um, yeah, that shit hit you like a truck. Yeah, so pretty much for a full seven days, I was sick. Did you end up going and getting the old fucking throat tickled with the the swabberino, or did no. you just ride that out? I just wrote, I just wrote it out. Um, but uh, yeah, every everything everything was fine. Kai ended up getting a cold uh, from the kids. Um, there fucking was a, youths. There was a there was a, a neighborhood gathering, um, <laughs> and so there, you know Kai was hanging out with like fifteen kids, and pretty much all the kids got got a cold. Um, oh rip and uh those are the epic colds too those aren't like the little like bitch colds like when the kids get together they form some sort of super cold yeah and then all the parents just yeah the parents all got colds and then um (laughs) you know uh then all the parents went and got tested for covid because they had to because where they work everybody was negative had to Uh, it's just regular ass cold that the kids had yeah it ran, it ran rampant in our neighborhood, and apparently in the schools right now, it's just cold, and it's <laughs> fucking everything up because people are like, oh, COVID, so, you know, everybody has well, to That's like the fucking- shittiest thing about COVID, or even if you have, and, and more so if you're vaccinated, ironically, is that the way that it will present is quite literally like a head cold. Like, until you get real bad, and if you're unlucky and you lose, like, uh, you know, your sense of taste or whatever, it, if you're double vaxxed, it presents, like, fucking identically to a head cold, so... It's like there's such an annoying bitch of a thing. We're like, all right, well, and that's what the problem is this time of year, too. It was like last year where it was like, oh, the flu is it's flu season. And it also presents like the flu. So everyone was just constantly having to get tested. But yeah, I mean, uh, I never had any cough. Kai, Kai had cough. Uh, Kayla never even got sick. So like her immune system is pretty good. So she didn't. She's she a mom. Moms yeah. get superhuman immune systems. Yeah, so she was totally fine, but myself and Kai, I, I got it worse than Kai, honestly. Like, Kai was, was <laughs> you know, he's he's over it now, but uh, I definitely had it the worst. So that was pretty much my week. Um, basically, never sleeping, uh, which has just been a theme for, like, the last month. Uh, I'm, I sleep, like, maybe four hours a night. Uh, it's fucking brutal. I wake up at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, and my brain doesn't shut off. Uh, and then I'm just sitting there staring at the ceiling for about two, two hours, two and a half hours. And then by that time, I fall asleep for about a half hour, and then Kai gets up, so then I wake up again. It's just been like that almost every night for the last month. I think I might have had like two 
all the way through nights where I've waken up, woke up at like 6 a.m. And that was like, yes, I got like, you know, six hours sleep, seven hours sleep. And that was like perfect. But most nights four, five hours tops. It's been brutal. Uh, but I'm starting to get used to it. So like now I'm just like functioning on like four or five hours sleep. So that won't last forever. No, that's no. like there's this. That's like that was like in university where like you, I'd, I'd have the same thing where I'd get in. Uh, it'd be getting close to exam time, so you're doing nothing but studying. Like, if you're not in school, you're studying and uh, cramming because you'd always have, like, uh, big projects at the same time. And, like, for the first few days, it sucks. You got four hours of sleep, and it feels like shit. And then all of a sudden, your body gives you a false sense of security out of nowhere. It's like, oh, no, I can do four hours of sleep. This is fine. I'm perfectly awake and aware. I'm sharp. And what's really weird is you'll, you'll feel mentally fucking razor sharp. For like a few days, you'll feel like you've entered the matrix and then your body goes, gotcha, bitch. And then just fucking yanks the mat out from underneath you and you literally die. Like you, you cannot, like you start to like you drive and you forget the, you forget the drive from point A to point B. Your brain just fucking goes to hell. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a wild ride, but, uh, but there you go. Well, I'm glad you're getting on the other side of it anyway. Finally. Yeah, I'm good now. I'm good now. So yeah, uh, I didn't do much this wonderful. week. Just. Just chilled, watched lots of movies and TV, mm. uh, and and just chilled. I got big ass week ahead of me uh, this week coming because uh, my tenants will move out uh, tomorrow from my old house, so I need mm. to go over there and prep that to get ready for it to be sold uh, in a few weeks. It closes, so I've got a busy month ahead. But outside of that, I'm fine. Wonderful. Well, at least you got this out of the way now, and wasn't yes. in the middle of the fucking. Yes. That would have sucked some serious balls. Uh, so that's good. Uh, yeah, this week for me, uh, I got off the Magic the Gathering train for a bit. I just, I had to step the fuck away. You know, competitive games in my brain only work together for so long before I have to just, you know, walk away from it. I couldn't even have fun with it anymore. I was just so like, I was just trying to make like meme decks and just play. Like I wasn't even playing ranked. I was playing like the regular ass, just, you know, press play and then go find some people. The problem with Magic the Gathering is everyone is in full neckbeard sweat mode. It doesn't matter if you're playing ranked or not. And so uh, now that the, the new decks and, or new cards and stuff have been out for, uh, uh, you know, for a couple of weeks or whatever, a week, everyone's mathematically like, decided the most efficient fucking decks. And they're using it everywhere, whether they're ranking or not. And so you're just trying to like, have like, a half-decent time, have some fun, try something new, and they're like, no, you have to sweat. And if you don't sweat... You're going to have a bad time. And so I stepped, I stepped away from that, and uh, I tried some... Um, yeah, I don't know if Jeff's internet's buffering or if it's just Discord being shit. Like, your, his camera's freezing randomly I, no, every now and I, then. Well, my... Yeah, things are running fine on my end. Uh, yeah. It could just know. be a Discord connection or something. I'll actually just give that a, a real quick peek, because I can't see in this full screen. So just give me, like, one sec, and I'll just press escape long enough to see. Alright, so our connection to one another is fine. So it's just some random bullshit. It's, it's fine. As long as he doesn't as long as he doesn't permanently freeze. And if he does, that's fine. Hopefully it'll be a funny face. There you go. Uh, <laughs> it's like when you take like it's like when you take a picture, you're just you're just about to sneeze and everyone else looks beautiful, but you're like the one asshole that looks like somebody just punched you in the balls. Um yeah, so I, I stopped Magic the Gathering uh, after uh, after a bit. I got just to the cusp of Mythic, which felt pretty good, but then I just stopped. It was like fuck it, I gotta walk away. Uh and then I tried um uh I tried New World here the other day, like uh, which I guess was technically still launch day, because it launched like late in the evening or whatever for us, or in the early, early morning. So I played a little bit of New World and um and then I finished um 
The Forgotten City, which was that, uh, that, uh, rewind time, originally Skyrim mod turned full-blown game, uh, and I'm gonna write the review when I get back from being away here this weekend. I really enjoyed that game, honestly. That's a, that's a really good, like, when you consider, and, and it always sounds like a, like an underhanded compliment when you say something like this, but it was, like, three dudes and a Skyrim mod turned into a full standalone game, and it looks great, it runs well, it's really well written, the voice acting is good, everything about it is, is great, uh, and I greatly enjoyed it. So, uh, it's probably gonna review real well, but I can recommend it ahead of time if anyone enjoys, uh, or enjoyed, say, 12 minutes, that game, that kind of style, uh, of, uh, of, like, mystery, where you're trying to solve, you know, how to, how to do something through time. Uh, yeah, really well done. So, finish that. And that was, that was my week. Nothing, uh, nothing else crazy. We're going, uh, down to the family home, M and I, for a few days, uh, before we shut it down. We've got family staying there over Thanksgiving weekend, and then we're gonna shut it up for the wintertime. And so we're just getting the last of that in. Um, we were hoping to go down Thanksgiving, you know, next week, because the trees would be fully, you know, changed or whatever, and that's, like, a nice time to be down there. But we're giving the house up for uh, for that uh, the group of uh, of family for that time because there's a member who is quite senior and probably not going to make it down another year and so uh, this is like their their last hurrah you get down to the to uh, to the uh, to the the village and and uh, and spending some time there so anyway that was it and now it's time to talk about some video game news you ready Mr Black I'm ready. Last week, because everything happens on Thursday, Nintendo did their, uh, their, their spiel, although in fairness, it was after the podcast, so, which was weird, because normally it happens dead smack in the podcast or earlier in the day, but, uh, we didn't get a chance to cover it last week, um, but we can cover it now. I just have some of the highlights, because not everything, of course, was all that interesting, but there was some de- definitely, definitely some Twitter, Twitter-owning news that, that came out where, like, the, uh, the whole of Twitter was tweeting about some of this shit. Uh, so let's get into a little bit of that now. So the first thing uh, is Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak comes out in uh, summer of 2022. That's an expansion to the currently existing Rise. And just as a, as a side note, even though this came out today... Or sorry, last night with the Tokyo Game Show, uh, Monster Hunter Rise is coming to PC with all the updates in January, and that had a lot of people excited because once Monster Hunter World came to PC, now everyone, you know, or not everyone, but loads of people just want Monster Hunter to be on the PC because they they like playing at not 15 frames per second. As it turns out, makes for an enjoyable experience when hunting monsters. Uh, so lots of people were excited about that. Uh, next up, Mar- uh, Mario Party Superstars, uh, if you're looking for a reason to uh, lose more of your friends, drops October 29th. We had Disco Elysium Final Cut is coming to the Switch on October 12th. Disco Elysium is one of the highest rated games uh, of its release year, uh, and uh, and also quite a unique experience. Smash Bros. Ultimate gets its final character announcement October 5th, so place your bets now. Mm. Who will be the final character? That's a good question. I mean, they've got lit. I mean, they've got so many fucking characters now. How are you supposed Dude, I, to guess? I don't even know. I don't even know who's all in there at this point, right? So odds are you could throw a dart at a board of Nintendo yeah. and some not Nintendo characters, and odds are they're in the game. So uh, not a lot left uh, at this point. Um, I'm putting my bin in, even though it's you know a, a Microsoft title now and everything else. Uh, you know, we did get Banjo Kazooie in there. 
Uh, Joanna Dark from Perfect Dark, I think would make a, a pretty dope character uh, in uh, in Smash. Uh, I'm still campaigning for Birdo. That's some bullshit. Uh, and the ultimate meme that I think would break the internet and be a great last piece, Waluigi. Everyone's been wanting Waluigi as his own fucking character in that game. So uh, why not give Waluigi some shine? But we'll find out. October 5th, last one. I never thought we'd see the day, but here we are. The last one being announced in a couple weeks. Actually, a week, more or less. Uh, where was I on my list? Knights of the Old Republic is coming to the Nintendo Switch on November 11th, so uh, further proving that when you have 90 million consoles sold, you just put whatever games you have on the console because you're going to sell some games. It's just That's just good math at that point. Um... Oh, yes, right. Uh, for some more money a month, you can get Nintendo 64 and Genesis games. So they're starting to expand into that after people have been wondering why Nintendo 64 games weren't included, uh, much like they had, you know, uh, SNES and Nintendo games and whatnot. And so they announced this. A few extra bucks a month. Uh, you can get in on the action with Nintendo 64 and Sega Genesis games. And they announced the first of the lists uh, as well. And the list are as follows. Super Mario 64, Mario Kart 64, Star Fox 64, Yoshi's Story, Ocarina of Time, uh, Winback Covert Operations, which is a bit of a, uh, of a dark horse in there, Mario Tennis, Dr. Mario 64, and Sin and Punishment. Those are the, uh, the first announcements for the 64. There were also, I think, some other ones announced that are coming, but these are the ones that are launching, um, I guess, with the, uh, with the service. Uh, as for Sega Genesis, we got Castlevania Bloodlines. It's a good choice. Contra Hardcore. That's another good one. Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. It's a mean meme machine, but it's there. Echo the Dolphin, which a lot of people laughed at until you forget that uh, Echo the Dolphin was actually a really good video game. <laughs> and so there's a reason it's there. Golden Axe. That's a hot one. Gunstar Heroes. I was shocked that they put that in there because that's always the one that when we talk about games that you would want to see, I like from Sega, I always mention Gunstar Heroes, but it's ne it never seems to make the list. Here it is. Gunstar Heroes right off the rip. Uh, Musha, Fantasy Star 4, Rystar, Shining Force is in there. That's a good one. Shinobi 3, Sonic 2, so they picked the best Sonic right off the rip. Uh, well, I guess you could make an argument for Sonic 3, but... There's a reason why you never see Sonic 3 show up anywhere. Uh, Streets of Rage. I thought it was Streets of Rage 2 and not just one. I'm pretty sure it's two. And Strider, uh, which is another another good choice. So, uh, yeah, that's that's the opening list. What are you thinking about that, Mr. Black? Uh, other than the fact that you've got to... So the current... Let me, let me clarify here. So the current online membership is $4 a month, uh, which gives you access to the NES and Super NES. Um, to get access to the N64 Genesis stuff, it's a new tier, uh, but they haven't said how much yet. So it will be more than your $4 a month now to get access to that. Mm -hmm. So how do you feel about that? And then what are your, what are, what are your thoughts on these, uh, these opening games? Uh, I mean, it, it just all depends on how much more it is. Like if it's going to cost six ninety nine, I think it's too much. So they only have really one option, and that's five ninety nine. I think four ninety nine, like a dollar. 
seriously. Uh, you know it ain't gonna be a dollar though. Like, there's no way they're gonna like. They're not, there's no way they're gonna be like, all right, there's an extra tier for a dollar a month. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I just don't now, see the val- I just don't see the value. Let me add. Let me add a little. All right, let me spice it up a little bit for you. Okay, you can get all these games on your Switch for free. A lot of these games, however, have online multiplayer now added to them. So, who's who's playing this shit online multiplayer? I mean, Seriously. I'm sure there's more than a few people that would like to play Mario Kart 64 online with some friends. No. No. no? Maybe. But no. The masses, no. If this if this is anything more than six ninety nine a month, they're higher than high. They're super they're super fucking high. I think it's gonna be so it's currently what was it? What did I say it it's was? Three ninety nine right now. I think I think this is getting pushed to either seven or nine ninety nine. That is insanity. I $10, think I think that's who in the right mind is paying ten dollars a month for some classic NES, Super Nintendo, N64, and Genesis, and you don't even have the entire catalog. You just have what they give you. (laughs) This is a Uh, month, which means when you're done paying, you don't even have access to these games anymore. No. (laughs) No. Let 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 me add another... Another little piece to this, all right? They're also having a release of a wireless N64 and a wireless Genesis controller for $49 US each. For the Switch? For the Switch. And and just like the other, like the Super Nintendo one, it's only available to those who are on the service, so it can't be scalped as easily and resold. So you get you get an X number per account, and you spend forty nine dollars to get an N sixty four wireless N sixty four controller. And my first question was, why? Well, why? But also, does the anal is the analog stick also going to fall apart in like six months? Yes. <laughs> well, probably. Like, not. is it the same probably mechanism? Not, because like, nobody's the... playing these games, bro. Like, oh, that's yeah, it. fair. Okay. Like, that's... like this this is a novelty. This is like. It'd be really cool to play Mario 64 again. Um, and they play it for a bit and then or they might beat it beat the game and then that's it. Like I don't think anybody's buying their Switch to grind out N64 Sega Genesis games on their Switch. You can literally put the whole catalog on your Switch for free. You can just emulate it. You could. Yeah. But I have nothing. I have, have nothing. nothing. I, yeah. I've got nothing. I don't even I have a joke. So. Yeah. I don't even have a joke. Yeah, no. There isn't a joke to be had. I'm sorry. Like, Imagine honestly, $49 US no. for a Sega Genesis controller. No. <laughs> Imagine it for an N64 controller. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Like, <laughs> what... I, I, I think what they could do is... This should be part of their online membership. So, like, well, that's that's what that's what Nintendo and SNES is. But for this, they're like, oh, we gotta bump that shit. No, you should be throwing that stuff in. Like, that should be part of the experience. Like that. 
And I know it's Nintendo, so they're not going to throw anything in for free. It's not their it's not their thing, and they're going to make lots of money. Like here's the thing: like a lot of people are going to pay for this and just like not use it. It's just going to be it's. You know, some people will, but the masses, it, I don't think this there there's really a big market for this. Um, so here's here's the other thing is that is that these are additives, like you said, which you know would be good if Nintendo's online uh, online service was actually worth paying money for in the first place. Yeah. The problem is Nintendo's online service is ass. Yes. Like unabashedly poor original xbox live quality or worse in many games and you're still like yeah it's not as expensive as the you know opposition but the fact that like it's almost still insulting that they even want four dollars a month for the quality of service that they provide in their online and now they're like hey we're gonna spice it up we're not gonna make our online service more usable but we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna charge you more per month if you want access to some N64 and Genesis games. It's so ridiculous, dude. It's just, just throw it in there. Like, people already own all these, like, minis, you know, this the NES mini, the, the SNES mini. Like, now you're looking to, to gouge them again uh, on a monthly basis. Like, go fuck yourself, man. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, I mean, <laughs> look, come on, Nintendo. Like, just throw this shit in there. It's costing you literally nothing, pretty much. Throw the stuff in there. Nobody is buying a Nintendo Switch to play Sega Genesis. Nobody. Zero. This is not this is not selling consoles. This this is not this is, ain't nobody going, you know what? Now I'm gonna get a Switch. No, like nobody's playing Sega games. All like, that aside, the stupidity of it aside. What are your thoughts on the list that they start they're start, starting off with? It's mediocre. It's 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 like uh the N64 list, there's so many good games on the N64, and they throw in Mario and Mario Kart. And, oh, the uh, Ocarina of Time, of course, if they want to fucking sell sell games uh, or sell... Th- uh, but everybody that has a Switch already has Ocarina of Time on their Switch. And at least two different versions. It. Yes. They already own it. Anybody that's really interested in playing these old school games as well already has an emulated Switch. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I uh, when as soon as I when they meant when I heard the the announcement, I was like, okay. And then I heard they were going to charge more, and I said, no, no, no. This this should just be added to the, your other back catalog. You are already known as the company that overcharges for re-releases of all of your fucking games. Yeah. Why are you why are you doing this? This should and just gonna, be there. And it sounds like they're going to release more and that's they what they're going to do. Over like yeah. every 3 months they're going to say, "Hey, we're adding 10 more games for each console." And there'll be yeah. one like marquee game that people are like, "Oh, I would love to play that again." So I guess I'm not going to cancel my membership. And that's how they're gonna. That's how they're gonna get you. Like in the next set, you'll see like Donkey Kong sixty four or 007 Golden. Well, they can't do 007. No, that that one unfortunately. They, you know, no. they, yeah, but there will there will be specific. It'll be like Banjo Kazooie or some exactly. shit. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Conquer's Bad Fur Day, if they can get that yeah. on there. They might right? swing Perfect Dark. They won't get Goldeneye, but Perfect Dark, they might be able to still swing. Yeah. Depending on licensing for that, yeah. So like, we'll see. Anyway, it's yeah. This news is bleh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
where was I here in this in this list of uh of fuckery? Uh oh right, on top of that, Salt of the Moon, European customers are getting the PAL versions, which come complete with the original slowdown on these on these games, Great. which a lot of people are not are not thrilled about seeing. Like this is 2021. Just give us the North American versions, you fucking asshole. Why in the shit are you giving us the PAL version? Well, if we don't if need to worry about that. If you're shit. an EU, you're just not upgrading. You're just yeah. not upgrading. Yeah. Wireless. Uh, we talked about the wireless controllers. All right, it's a Metroid Dread, which is great news because it looks like a good game. Uh, October eighth is the release date for that. We also got a sneak peek at Bayonetta three. Which uh, which looks about as good as you could hope for a Bayonetta game to look like on the Switch. I'm still sad that Bayonetta is is chained to the Switch, um, but uh, it is. We have to live with it. Um, but uh, but she looks great. Game looks great. All the Bayonetta games have been pretty much certified bangers, so I'm sure this one's probably not going to be any different. I just wish that it was not first on Nintendo. Put that first on PlayStation, Xbox, PC, and then turn all the knobs down and put it on the fucking Switch so that we can still get Bayonetta in all of her glory and not 30 FPS with five polygons because all of the rest of it went into Bayonetta's model. Like, I don't, I don't want that. Uh, Triangle Strategy, which is, I mean, that's got to be up there with greatest video game names of all time. Triangle Strategy is uh, coming March 4th. 2022. Uh, and then after that, the really big news that everyone talked about and it blew up on Twitter for days following, and I'm sure you saw more than a few posts about, uh, the Mario movie. Animated Mario movie. The first Mario movie to come in a long, 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 long time. Popping off with the cast list. And we're here to talk about that cast list. So first of all, holy shit, they're actually making a Mario movie. Yeah, but it's animated. But that's that's a good. I, I, do you do you want live action Mario? Like, is that what you want in life? Because I don't know if you remember the original live action Mario shit, but that ain't it. Um, animated movies right now look really fucking good, and so I think that's definitely the way to go. I wouldn't. I don't. I don't need live action Mario. <laughs> um. Personally, anyway. So, the cast list was quite something. Nobody really cared about... I mean, everyone was excited about the cast list, except for Mario, specifically. Uh, so, let's go over the cast list. So, uh, Chris Pratt, of course, is is the, 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 the man of the hour. He is playing Mario. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy as Peach. She's the, uh, the lady from uh, Queen's Gambit. You'd probably notice her from that, at least. Charlie Day as Luigi. Jack Black as Bowser. Keegan-Michael Key as Toad, which is like a fucking hilarious one. <laughs> that one made me laugh. That, was like, uh, uh, that sounds perfect. Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong also sounds perfect. Fred Armisen as Cranky Kong. That's great. Kevin Michael Richardson is a uh, comic. Sebastian uh, 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 Maniscalco? Maniscalco as Spike. And uh, surprise cameos from the man himself who's voiced Mario for 30 years, Charles Martinet. Uh, or Martinet, I don't know if that last, how French that last name is, but all the same, um, that last one, so the first one, the last one on the list is what everyone talks about, right? It's, it's Charles is in here, why is he not playing Mario, why is Chris Pratt Mario, 
whatever. Everyone else seems to be, or everything else in this list, everyone seems to be happy with. Jack Black is perfect. Charlie Day is perfect. All these, like, perfect casting. And then people go, what the fuck, Chris Pratt? So the two, the two reasons that I saw anyway, uh, one was, you know, Chris Pratt being associated with, I think it was like, I don't, I can't, I don't know the specifics of it, but his association with, I think some sort of church that people weren't happy with, I think, uh, was why people were like low key semi canceling Chris as of late. Um, and then the second reason was of course that Charles is in the movie, but he's not voicing Mario. He's done it for 30 years. Maybe he does voice Mario. Right? Maybe, maybe, maybe there is um, an alternate Mario. Maybe there's a, a, a maybe, maybe the Mario is playing Mario um, and you have him. You're as, not the first, you're not the first person that I've heard say that either. That's kind of funny, but yeah, that's, that yeah, could, that like, could be a thing. I mean, it's very possible that they may, you know, obviously they're going to give him a nod, right? Like there might be. You know, there might be a like a, a scene where everybody's dressed up like Mario and he's trying to blend in and one of them is the real actor. Enter the Mario verse. You never know, right? Like there <laughs> we we have no idea. Where Nick Cage plays the 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 noir yeah. Mario. I mean, uh so I guess I guess probably the the main point of discussion is how do I feel about uh the the actor that played Mario uh for Decades, 30 years uh yeah. not being able to get his due yeah when there's an actual big mario movie being made and uh well my answer is simple uh it's all about getting a movie approved yep um this movie is never getting approved without an a big a-list actor yep. playing the main character it just yep. isn't studio is just gonna say Listen, we we love the fact that your iconic role and without you none of this would really be possible to a degree and we'll give you a nod uh in some way shape or form which by the way he's in the fucking movie. He's his name is actually on the poster. Right? You rarely see people that have played characters like this from like kind of no name like i know he's not a no name but he's not an he's not a household name like mario's a household name but yeah. the act of voice actor isn't if i saw the voice actor at the mall i would have no idea that's the guy that played mario none at all um so we're talking press junkets uh we're talking social media presence we're talking notoriety star power and to get the studios to greenlight it, even if you have all of these big actors supporting Mario, it still needs to be an A-list actor, or it's just not going to get approved. It's just really that simple. I know it's kind of a tough pill to swallow, but I think it's a nice thing that they have him making uh, surprise cameos. And they said cameos with an S. So, yeah, because he plays more than Mario in Mario games. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. he's going to be able to reprise a smaller role that isn't, you know, two hours of that. And to be frank, my other reason why I'm happy he's not this is probably also mine. Yeah, is is I love me some Mario, but can the guy act like act act doing an animated film is much different than saying here we go, you know, having 
be, basically being a, a, a sound bite, a voice actor. Mario doesn't have long spurts of dialogue that is, you know, uh, storytelling. You know, it, he he is the voice of him, but he doesn't say he isn't speaking for two hours, right? You play a video game for two hours, but you're not watching an animated film. And his accent, it would the way he talks, it would be monotonous and and painful to go through two hours or an hour and 45 of listening to him act. Not saying he's bad at his job. He's the best. But he is not the best when it comes to creating um, a blockbuster animated films uh, when, when Chris Pratt is known to be an amazing voice actor that brings characters to life. Um, and he's got a recognizable voice, but it isn't you're not going to just see Chris Pratt when you see Mario. If you when you watch the Lego movie, you did not see Emmett as Chris Pratt. You don't. You don't. He's he's just a really great voice actor and he's yeah. very good at um having like if it was Ryan Reynolds, you just hear Ryan Reynolds, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not Ryan Reynolds. And I'm yeah. sure he could probably do a Mario if he really wanted to. Probably. Um, you know, he could definitely probably play a Wario, you know, he could do something that, but you're going to know it's Ryan Reynolds, at least with Chris Pratt. It's like, yeah, you'll hear Chris Pratt in the very beginning, and then you just totally forget it's Chris Pratt. It'll be Mario. And the problem, I think, with the with the voice actor is it'll just be too much Mario. No, it's, it's, uh, no, like that's why I said, I said it's two things. It's, it's, it's get or three, I guess three, two of them are related. One is getting a Mario movie greenlit in 2021 is no small feat. No. And even if you had everyone else in this list, and you cast Charles as Mario, it's still going to probably never happen. It's not going to happen. So, uh, so you need to have somebody recognizable and huge in that number one spot. Two is, uh, is and, and this is related to that, is getting asses in seats. Not just for the green lighting, but yeah. for the studio making the movie. They want to know that they're going to make their money back. It's great that it got greenlit, but now we need to know that we're going to make money. Yeah. Chris Pratt's name is going to help you make money. Yeah. Three, uh, here's my assumption. I highly doubt that they didn't internally field the idea of Charles playing fucking Mario in this movie. I highly doubt that it was never something that crossed their minds. They probably even had him do some line readings before they went, you know what? We can't, not only is it going to be a challenge for us to sell this movie, but this is not going to work for a 90-minute film. We need somebody that's just giving us a more of a straight delivery and leave it at that. We need an actor. And, and then you you <laughs> can still be that. here yeah. and do your other roles that we can get you in for and still put your name up there and everything, but we can't get you in as Mario. And there's no nobody like there were people when somebody when people started bringing this up, where it's like there's no way people want to hear Charles for fucking 90 minutes doing his Mario shit. People were like, oh, yeah, it wouldn't be that bad. You know, he wouldn't just give that. Well, he'd, tone it, he'd tone it down a little bit. You're, you're fooling yourself. It'd be awful. I'm it would sorry. be awful. It, it would be, be awful. absolutely, it would be absolutely awful. So, um. It's a kid's happy, movie as well. Like. I'm happy he's in it. This, know, this is amazing. Yeah. He's fact, in it. Yeah. The fact that they're giving him work and they're recognizing him. Like you, you guys should be celebrating the studio for doing that because they're they're Hollywood is a dog eat dog world. They don't care about your feelings. Uh, they're gonna do what makes money. Trust me. 
if the guy was a triple, uh, 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 an A-list actor, and he had a huge following, and he had box office uh, numbers behind him, uh, they would hire the guy because he's going to cost millions of dollars less than Chris Pratt, right? Chris yeah. Pratt's going to walk away probably with an eight, ten million dollar paycheck for going into a booth and voice acting Mario. They could have paid this guy half a million bucks and said, "This is your chance to be a star. Have fun." But it's not about that. It's about selling it and making it uh, successful and getting it greenlit. So I'm with you on that. I, I, the fact that they hired him, he's probably still going to make a little bit of money. He's going to have an opportunity to be in a big role that he would have never have gotten otherwise. And it's his time to shine. This could be his opportunity to go in there, voice three or four characters like people in The Simpsons do, and wow the hell out of the studios. And then maybe next time he's in a, uh, a Wreck-It Ralph movie or a, uh, another type of animated film. And then he starts getting traction and making a name for himself outside of just Mario. And then maybe, just maybe, uh, down the road, he has an opportunity to, to be the star in a big film. But he isn't proven. He's only proven on video games. And a video game medium is completely different than the movie one. Uh, so... You know what? You know what made me smile though was the thought that Nintendo called up each of these people and offered them like their roles in in this film. And you have to you have to look at this list and know that every one of these people played video games and definitely played Mario and loved the idea of being a character in a Mario film. I can see every one of these people being people that casually played games either when they were younger or still do. I could see fucking Kegel Michael Key playing fucking games on the, on the, on the, on the, on the, uh, you know, on his downtime. Jack Black, obviously, playing some fucking video games. Charlie Day, no question. Chris Pratt, without, without even fucking hesitation, is playing video games. Uh, like, pretty much everyone here, you can, you can envision that being Seth a thing. Seth Rogen is Donkey Seth Rogen. <laughs> people did you see did you people did you see people like matching up like you remember the old animated donkey yeah. and they put his laugh over top of it yeah he sounds like fucking donkey kong yeah, come it's on per- it's perfect it's like literal perfect casting. it's the, so like, good the, i i'm not sure they could have nailed really anybody better uh for these picks like no. charlie day is luigi like you That's just fucking you just, oh my god uh like you know <laughs> And Anna Taylor Joy, like I'm like, you know, I I I think she's a great actress. She kind of does have a peach vibe to her. I think maybe you could have gotten uh, somebody else, but she does have this bit of innocence and stuff to her. She looks um, like fucking she looks peach, like though. Peach, yeah, yeah. But we're not talking about looks. We're, we're going for voice acting. No, I, but like when I looked at her, and I was like, and and I've heard her speak. But like when I looked at her, when I was talking, when I did Sammy's podcast here, we talked about this obviously as well because it was such big news. And I said, out of all the people in this list. She struck me like the one where they were doing headshots and they were like, she looks like Peach, put her in the movie. (laughs) Well, she's, she's also, she's also hot enough of an actress right now and she's probably cheap as well. Like they could get her at a good price. Yeah. Um, Cause I think there's all kinds of, of actresses. Well, you could have got lots of people do it. Yeah. Yeah. But, But, uh, uh, she did great. I I still need to watch. I have one episode I think left. I can't believe I haven't finished it yet. One or two episodes left of Queen's Gambit. That was a fire show. It's good. She did a fantastic. She did a fantastic job in that. It'll be interesting to see what her voice acting chops are like because I don't know if she's done voice acting before. But you know, most people that can act can be coached to do voice acting within 
uh, within reason. These guys are all seasoned actors. Yeah. They would be able to act on a green screen, on a microphone, yeah. all of these. These are actors, so they're going to be totally fine. Dude, Jack Black is Bowser, though. Yeah, it's going to be good. Fuck. fuck. That's going to be, be good. good. Yeah. So that's uh, so that was like really that that news took over like any, they could have announced literally anything else in that entire presentation, and it wouldn't matter because that thing stole the entire show and it was so funny because Miyamoto who wasn't even like on screen the entire fucking time he literally pulled this one, walked out on the screen off camera, Chris Pratt as Mario, walked the fuck off camera. That was it. He showed up and he was like, hey, Mario movie, Chris Pratt, left, dropped the mic. He knew what he was doing. That was all he was there for. He was looking fantastic, though. His hair was very nicely coiffed, looking good, dropped the, the Chris Pratt line, blew up the internet, and walked the fuck away. Uh, but there you go. So that's, uh, you know what? I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to the movie. I think it's going to be great. Yep. Uh, with a cast like that, I mean, holy shit, how can you go wrong? Yep. Uh, so, uh, so there you have it. That wrapped up Nintendo's, uh, and then last night with the Tokyo Game Show, uh, and there was a, a a bunch of stuff. I just have really limited, really limited list here. Uh, nobody, there wasn't a lot of news that came out uh, of it because a lot of it was kind of repeated stuff. Not a lot of it was really big news. The big news that we did catch though was that Sony has bought Bluepoint, and Bluepoint are the folks that did the Demon Souls remake. Uh, as well as some other remakes for Sony in the past, all of which were very well received. They're kind of like the best track record for remakes and remasters in gaming right now and have worked with Sony specifically um, on more than one occasion. And uh, so Sony decided that uh, we better snap that up before somebody else does. And so they are joining uh, the, the Sony group, which is great news for them. That's going to give them a lot of talent to uh, possibly bring more games uh, out uh, of, uh, of retirement. But they did say that Bluepoint's first game is going to be an original work of some kind. That doesn't necessarily mean it will be a new IP, but uh, that does mean that it's unlikely to be a remake or a remaster. They're going to be allowed to go out and actually make a game that isn't somebody else's game, it seems. So uh, we'll have to wait and see more information on that when they announce it. But that's what they did say, is that, you know, I guess they were trying to just get people to understand that they weren't just buying them up so that they could keep remaking games for the rest of their lives. <laughs> they were actually going to be allowed to make uh, some of their own games. Um, other than that, we had Blizzard finalizing an $18 million settlement uh, for one of these several lawsuits that are sitting on their desk right now. And that will go to the employees affected by that lawsuit. I can't even remember... Uh, which of these several employment board lawsuits uh, this one covered, but uh, they set aside $18 million for that. And so that is now done and dusted. Twitch is, uh, is going to be now allowing streamers to require accounts that want to chat in their streams to verify their account via, via, uh, either uh, uh, via mobile or email. Uh, that's one of the, uh, the steps that they're taking in you know, this whole hate raid situation and, and issues that arise. Uh, or rose from that. Um, I'm happy to see this. It blows my mind that it wasn't done in like fucking 2015. The fact that Twitch was operating where chatters didn't have to verify their accounts via email or phone 
for this long is such a mindfuck to me. I, I can't remember the last website I signed up for that didn't require some level of email or phone verification. And Twitch has just been running this bitch um, all this time until now with none of that. So that's um, positive. I just wish they had done that sooner. Uh, the other thing that I mentioned, I, I tweeted about this the other day. This was one of the things I mentioned, actually, is this. So that's good. But I also said, why, you know, the easy, even if it was temporary until they had a better solution, why not limit raids and hosting to partners and affiliates? Because really, who else is, like, yeah. doing yeah. substantial raiding and hosting yeah. outside of partners and affiliates? Yeah. You do that, and you literally... Even again, if it was temporary, you immediately stop all of the bots' ability yeah. to do this shit. The only way they get it is if they jacked another account that had that status, or you somehow managed to get a bot affiliate status on the platform to do this shit. Um, so I'm hoping that they implement that one way or the other, or at the very least have the option, like this is an option, even though this should be mandatory, the whole fucking email and phone, that should be mandatory site-wide, but they're as an option, but if you want an option as well, uh, would be for streamers to only accept raids from affiliates and partners. Well, I, what I think, what I think you, you can, you can do as well is when you're about to get raided, um, in your chat, why not just have a pop-up that, Hey, person's about to raid you. Do you accept the raid? You can accept or decline it and just say, no, that would I, work too. Because sometimes you get raided and this has happened to me many times. I appreciate it, but I'm about to go off stream. Like I'm literally yeah, it's a about wasted. To it's like a stream. wasted. Yeah. So you're gonna waste a raid. So why not? When somebody raids you, it gives you like you know 30 seconds or whatever. If you don't say anything, then it will just raid you because you might not be paying attention. But uh, to have a, a, a decline or accept uh, would go a great uh, go a, a great deal. Not only that, it gives you an opportunity as a streamer to be prepared for the raid. So that you're 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 putting your best foot forward, you know. Oh shit! A thousand people are going to come in. Maybe I probably shouldn't be slumped in here, you know, not really doing much. Right perk now. up, kind of perk up, get ready to, you know. Uh, sometimes I have it in follower only mode. Maybe that gives me the time to turn off follower only mode, so that not everybody that gets raided can, has to follow my stream to say, "Hey, Nova raid." You know what I mean? Uh, that would solve a lot of problems. Also, it just solves the problem of these hate raids you just don't accept it if you don't know who the fuck is raiding you it's like no nah, i'm good no Thank i'd be you. i'd be i'd be good with both of those as a thing only affiliates and partners as an option yeah and allow you to have that toggle as well where it's like warn me and, and have me verify that i want the raid to happen in the first place because it does give you all those added benefits of Preparing yourself, knowing it's coming, getting ready to give your spiel. Yeah. You know, not being caught off guard, whatever, yep. whatever. Not and only then, that. Not only that. It's your fucking show. You should be in charge of what happens on your show. Yeah. Somebody should never be able, even though 99% of the time, raids come in as something that is celebrated Positive. and they're doing something nice for you. Yeah. But... It's your show because that streamer that raids you has the ability to take over your show, to take over your dialogue, what's going on in your chat. They become the focus. 
even though it's a good focus and we're not complaining about it, but you should always be in charge of your own show. What happens if it's a random person that raids you and you don't like their community and the way their chat is and you have no choice but to be raided and then have these people come into your community? I don't want to make it sound negative, but give all of the control to the person that's streaming. Let me accept or decline any outside interference that could be coming in. It's really that simple. I agree. I 100% agree. Yeah. Here's some uh, here's some breaking news related to Twitch. Just posting this in chat. Uh, this comes in from uh, from Zach uh, Busey, who's been uh, who's broken a lot of Twitch's features long ahead of Twitch announcing them. Twitch is going to be doing a test with a small group of streamers to make boost this stream a paid feature. Just absorb that into your soul for a moment, Mr. Black. Let that wash over you. Boost this stream a paid feature. No. No. No thanks. <laughs> so Twitch is getting into the uh, paid for views game. Is that what we're getting into now? Uh, is that what we're getting into? Uh, is that where we're at? So here's the fun is that it's not the streamer doing it necessarily. They're passing that on to the viewers. Of course they are. So they can maximize money. Boost recommended, uh, recommends uh, this streamer to new viewers to help grow their community. Shows the current boost size, and then it gives you options. Uh, recommendation 1,000. Oh, you get to see the recommendations. Gets recommended to 1,000 people for 99 cents. 3,000 people, 297. And boost the stream. Yeah, yeah. Mmm. I don't know. I don't... I... <laughs> How do you even respond to that? I, like, I, what is... If this is... If this is true, if this is real... Zach hasn't been wrong very many times. Well, if... If Zach is... If Zach is correct on this, this is the absolute dumbest idea and the biggest money grab I have ever seen Twitch ever do. Ever. Because they're doing two things. They are... So what? Do the big streamers get boosted as well? I guess can can, can uh I, I guess I don't you know, know if there's limitations can, can can shrouds army of 50,000 just continually have him boosted while he's streaming 24/7 Oh, he's already boosted anyway, right? So uh just naturally without without the money. Um Listen. I don't think this is going to fly. 
because this is going to be an absolute shit show to the to the highest degree. This is going to be Twitch raking. Of course, they get the streamer, uh, the the viewers to do it because viewers are already at this point trained to try and help out a streamer in every way, shape, and form. And this right here is saying, "Hey, viewers, I know, I know you've been watching. I know you've been watching uh, Nova War grinded out here." For the last 10 years. <laughs> How would you like to. Help him out. And get 3,000 recommendations. Maybe double his viewership. Of course. Viewers are going to want to help you out. So they're just going to start piling. $2.97. Every day. That you go live. You know what the best part about this feature is Jeff? is that it bypasses the streamer altogether for monetary gain, and it goes directly into the pocket of Twitch. Yes. Zero dollars. So yeah. it's the guys have helped the streamer, and yeah. then all the money goes yeah. straight into the pocket yeah. of Twitch. This is and, and let me just put this into perspective. Mm -hmm. This is up there with Facebook having you pay money to reach all of your followers. Yeah. It's, it's up there with that level of, of crazy. I think this is worse, because at least on Facebook... You, you, the, the, the content creator, you're the one paying, you're the one paying, right? So like, if you want to pay, like if there's something very specific that you want to announce or that you have a special piece of content that you want to get out there in front of a bunch of people, it's paid advertisement. Oh, and I can write it off because it's a business expense, marketing, it's advertisement. I can't write off if panic switch decides that he wants to go. And pay night. Oh, and by the way, three thousand recommendation. That ain't the top. There's gonna be like nineteen ninety nine, ten thousand recommendation. They're gonna. They're gonna. If they come up with this, there ain't gonna be a thousand recommendation. That's gonna be the base. Gonna be the base. You know. You know what's funny though is the real question will be what's the conversion on number of recommendations versus people that actually show up to your fucking stream. Oh, people are going to get desensitized and, by it and they're and, already going to know. They're and they'll just ignore it. Listen, game, the gamers, the viewers, they're not stupid. They know what's going on. They, this isn't, this isn't your, this isn't organic, uh, uh, traffic, traffic. This is paid. You put paid in front of pay to win. Hey, you want to become an affiliate on Twitch? Pay. <laughs> you want to have partner? You want to get partner faster? Hey, it's not going to be like, hey, guys, if you got that free 99 Twitch Prime sub, go ahead, hook a brother up. Oh, and by the way, if you really want to help me out, throw me in on that recommendation so that our community can get bigger. And Twitch's pockets can get fatter. Oh, Bro. oh, but wait. Maximus, you don't understand. Yeah, Twitch is making the money, but it's bringing people to your stream, and then you can make money off those people. I didn't think of that. I didn't think of that. Wow. Damn. That's priceless, Mr. Black. You could idea. turn... Those recommended people into 10-year-long 
subscribers. That's $500 of revenue. Maybe it's spread over top of five years or 10 years. You know what else this, you know what else this is going to do? This is going to once again, if this is real, I have a hard time believing this. Although part of me believes this. This is going to demoralize new streamers that are just starting because now not only is this platform oversaturated by listen if you're if you're getting into streaming in 2021 god's you're late you're late you're late not saying you can't make it i wrote the book about it it can happen but i mean i wrote the book in 2018 it's you 2021 could also, a lot has changed since then you could win the lottery too jeff you could win the lottery as well you want to make it in streaming on Twitch in 2021, you have to be an anomaly. You actually have to not only have no life, so you, you've got to dedicate your being to this, which means that job you're working right now, the, the kids that you're taking care of, you know, the spouse that you're trying to spend time with, that all takes the back burner. That all takes the... You really want to make it on Twitch in 2021, you got to de- de- dedicate your being to this you pretty much gotta have no responsibilities and if you do you pretty much gotta ignore them uh and you gotta grind it out oh and you have to be part of a game or a category that can give you the opportunity to even grow so even if you drop everything uh and become a twitch degenerate to to make the dream come true here's a question for you mr black can you even is it even feasible now without also finding yourself um, collaborating with other content creators? Can you even get past that opening hurdle without collaborative work? Because most of the people I have seen that have gone from like the five viewer, 10 viewer hurdle into even getting affiliate or whatever (laughs) are entirely through collaborative work Yep. with somebody who is at the 300-plus viewer mark. Yep. And rarely, if ever, in fact, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head that has started from zero yep. and made it anywhere. Yep. It's be, That's why so many people in the RP world go up very quickly if they're talented um, because you can either leech off of people that have viewers or you're automatically thrown into the mix of a bunch of people so you're 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 forced to network. It's a good it's a great thing and if you're talented it, it's one of the only games, I think the only game outside of um, uh, among us if you're in that circle that you you are in front of tens of thousands or even hundreds of thousands of people uh throughout the run of a day depending on what you're doing. Outside of that, it is it's not impossible, but it is an anomaly. To just make it. And what this does is this is just another hurdle that, oh, you better also have a community that can pay for you to get boosted as well. Um, And the reality is this boosting thing, in my opinion, is not going to do much for people. It, there, it's it, because everybody's going to be opting in. Every streamer is going to have their viewers or their viewers are just going to want to pay to be part to, to play in this and to try and help their. So they're, they're, you're now going to have competition on the recommendation board 
pretty much all the time. Uh, and so the the novelty will wear off pretty quickly, but it'll become demoralizing for an up-and-coming streamer that's going, well, I only have two viewers, and these viewers aren't paying for me to be recommended. Um, I guess I'm going to have to call up my brother, and he'll have to log into his account and then pay to have me do it, you know? Or, or you're going to have streamers that are going to feel it necessary to create secondary Twitch accounts to basically kind of bot their own channel uh like pay for viewers right like that's that's kind of where it and trust me that's what will happen for these smaller streamers you know if especially if it works especially if it works it'll it'll everybody's going to be doing it right so um this is not a good idea it opens up the gateway like what's next pay for front page like is that is is this the gateway? You know, pay pay for 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 front page. Um I think if this thing gets approved and it makes a lot of money, I think that there is a strong possibility that something in that realm could happen. Look, this uh, yeah. I have to believe that this is going to stay, get stuck in testing, and never fucking leave. Me too. I have to believe it. Yeah. I like. I. I don't. I'm not ready to, to believe that hard that Twitch has become a dystopian fucking shithole. Yeah. So I'm going to believe that this gets stuck, in testing and doesn't make it out because holy shit, uh, the number of reasons why this is a bad idea. Almost innumerable. Uh, to the point where it's one of those things where you wonder how it even made it into testing before somebody said, you know what? Maybe no on that. But there you go. Uh, next up in our list of things, where was I here? Grand Theft Auto Trilogy Remaster was rated in Korea and is now expected to be launching in November based on the information that we have. So if you're waiting for that to pop, seems like November is our current best guess uh, at that. The Game Awards 2021 is slated for Thursday, December 9th. Of course, it would be a Thursday. Thank you, Jeff Keighley. Much appreciated. Love you. Uh, Marvel's Avengers will be coming to Game Pass today. It's the 30th. Uh, and I have heard that the most recent content and, and, and patching that they've done have made it a much more enjoyable experience than it was at launch, and it, it does seem to be improving. So it might not still be for everyone, but it seems like it's becoming for more people than it was at launch. Uh, but yeah, that, and, and all the better, if you have Game Pass, you don't have to spend the money to find out. You're already, you're in. You can find out if you like it or not. Um, but that will be, uh, yeah, that's out today. So you can give that a look if, you're, uh, if you've been interested. Uh, I, I, it is coincidental. You know, I was waiting and looking at what people were saying, like Mr. Grubb and others about um, this whole thing, because Crystal Dynamics are the ones behind Marvel's Avengers. Crystal Dynamics is also the, the team that did, you know, uh, Tomb Raider and, and, uh, who were most recently, um, announced by Xbox's The Initiative, uh, studio to be partnering together to make Perfect Dark. And everyone was kind of waiting for more information on that to get, like, a why. As it turns out, it is what you might think, um spinning up the initiative studio with enough bodies 
to start work during uh, the pandemic was challenging, and uh, it was uh, easier for them to simply recruit Crystal Dynamics. The head of the initiative was also the head of Crystal Dynamics for like 10 years, so they have a lot of synergy already. They know how to work together. They understand each other. Crystal Dynamics is a very good studio as well with a proven track record, and so uh, they, they made the decision to bring Crystal Dynamics into the fold to help with the production uh, of, uh, of Perfect Dark. Um, so coincidental more than anything, but all the same, uh, there you go. Uh, Xbox Cloud Gaming was also announced uh, to be launching in Australia, Brazil, Japan, and Mexico. Uh, coming up. Uh, bringing Cloud Gaming and Game Pass by proxy to a massive market of just over a billion people now is the market size for, uh, for those services. Uh, I think they said something like 10 megabyte or megabit connection in Australia to, to be able to uh, enjoy to any degree the, uh, the cloud gaming uh, for Xbox stuff, uh, which is doable and is certainly kind of the, you know, the threshold for a lot of places that don't have high tier internet, which are more places than do have high tier internet. And so... Uh, that's a pretty good, uh, a pretty good marker. And I'm very, I, I'll be excited to see when people, Australian publications, gaming publications, get their hands on this and start trying it on that level of internet and be able to tell us, you know, what's the quality like? Is it pixelated as fuck? Is the input latency terrible? Uh, or is it quite, is it quite doable at that, uh, at that level? Cause if it is, then that's a, that's a really big hurdle crossed for cloud gaming is being a, able to provide a good experience um, for people that don't have, you know, fiber optic internet, uh, into their homes. Uh, IGN did a massive best game of all time vote, uh, in which they, uh, were posting this stuff on social media over the course of several days. They, uh, I'm not sure because I didn't read, uh, into it further. I'm not sure how they got the list that made the bracket in the first place if those were also sent in by people or if they decided it internally and then did the voting afterwards. Um, however, uh, it, it ran and we have a winner. And the IGN readers have determined that God of War 2018 is the best game of all time. The bracket, I can say, was already kind of weird. There were some very interesting choices that even made the bracket in the first place. Uh, like The Sims 3, for example. Probably didn't need to be in the running on any side of the bracket for best game of all time. Um, but some of the victories on this bracket pained me. Severely. Uh, there were some in there that made absolutely no sense. Like, what was there? There's a really good one in here. Um, uh, where's that? Super Mario 64, for example, lost in the opening bracket to uh, Batman Arkham City. Pain. I felt physical pain when I saw that. It also tells you the level of gamer that was voting on this list. Yeah. Listen, um, uh, anything that, that comes out of IGN's mouth. Well, this bullshit. was IGN's readers, too. This, this is Any, the readers. But... Exactly. Yeah. The sheep that follow IGN <laughs> is bad. 
<laughs> All right. You can't take anything IGN says seriously ever. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They're bought and paid for. All right. The only ones that follow them are sheep. So I did last night at the end of my stream. I, I took the bracket they provided and I ran through the whole thing. It took me an hour. Oh, God. We're not doing it here. No, we're not doing it here. I'm just going to say the final two games in my list. Um, some of the bracket matchups in the first round were fucking heinous too, but, um, the final two ended up being GTA five on one side and Ocarina of time on the left. And I gave it to GTA five. Um, and I could make a case for either of those games being the best game of all time for different reasons. Um, but, uh, but that's what, from that bracket, that's what, that's what it came down to. This is GTA five on one side, Ocarina of time on the other. I gave it to GTA 5. Uh, but in their list, I think the uh, their list ended up being a, co- a competition between GTA 5 and, and uh, God of War. Um, but some of the games that got put out early on that list, like, fucking just crushed my soul. Like, Super Mario 64, not making it out of the opening round and losing to something like that. Batman. I Batman, mean, Arkham Batman, City. Batman, the Arkham it was a good game. Good games. It's not it's Super not, Mario 64. It's not Super Mario 64. Jesus fuck. Stop the madness, dude. Just stop the madness. Yeah. It's really hard when you do lists like this, though, because there, and there's several problems. One of those problems is that people want to err on the side of um, the newer games because newer games are better than older games on average for obvious reasons. We've, got, we've had more time to master the art of making video games, but that's why you have to look at it you have to look at these games within the pocket that they were released yes. and compare them to each other within yes. their release, yes. which was part of my struggle with World of Warcraft in this list, which made it relatively far in. But that game has been running for like 16 fucking years. Yeah. So trying to compare something like World of Warcraft to other titles that came out one time. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, no matter how influential World of Warcraft is and how good it was at its peak... It was six, like you're you're comparing 16 years. In fact, in the bracket for me, it was World of Warcraft versus Ocarina of Time before the finals. And I was sitting here going, I've got to compare 16 fucking years of one of the most influential MMOs of all time. But still, they had 16 fucking years versus a single release of Ocarina of Time in 1998. Like, it's really crazy. Um, and then other things that were weird in the list, they had Tetris in there which is like a cheat code because ultimately, and this is why I said, you know, there are certain games that transcend uh, game lists like this because they just win by default because of their impact on the industry. Tetris is one of those games. You don't, you don't get to even put Tetris in because they Tetris just immediately goes to the front of the line because fucking Tetris. Same with Pong. If you put Pong in, Pong just wins. It's the game that basically created the fucking video game market. You don't, like, it's, a, it's in the pantheon. There's, there's Pong, Tetris, and I put Minecraft in that pantheon now. It's above gaming. Minecraft is bigger than gaming now. It's not even, it's, 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 it created a genre, but it's its own game. It's like Tetris. It's like Pong. So I took it out of the bracket eventually. I moved it up, and I was like, you know what? After a point, I was like, I gotta give it the, its opponent the buy, because Minecraft is... Bigger, it's the Pantheon now. So some of them, you have to, like, take them out of the fucking list and put them up top. But yeah, very weird list. Very interesting stuff was in there. 
Uh, but, uh, but, uh, there you go. Uh, God of War. Not to say that it isn't a good game, because it is an incredible video game, the 2018 God of War. Uh, but, uh, best game of all time? Not even close. Maybe a stretch. A, not even top 10. <laughs> Literally. It's not, it's, 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 it's probably not even top 25. Not to put you on I'm the sorry. spot, but what is your greatest game of all time? Um... Which is really fucking hard. It's not easy, yeah, but what is it? Like, I can't really say. I can't really say because it's too that's it, too much of a complex question. You start I mean, to compare genres that don't even make sense. Like at one yeah. point it was like StarCraft versus like fucking like Ocarina of Time or something. It wasn't that, but it, that was like the, the point. Like how are you supposed to fucking compare I did an RTS? Of, I did beat God of War. I did beat God of War. So and it's not even top twenty five. Sorry to break it to you. Uh, I beat the majority of it without using the UI. I turned it off. God of God of War can go and suck a fat nutsack. All right, if you're gonna try and put that, it's like it's like saying a Honda Civic Si is a better vehicle than a Ferrari. All right, yeah, it's a nice car, drives well, it's reliable. It's the best version it's ever been. It's no Ferrari. I'm sorry. We're just in a different... You're driving a Honda. I'm sorry. It's just, you can't... It, it's, it, it's great, but it's not... It's not a it's not a Ferrari. I'm, I, you put it. You put. How can you? How it's great in its own right, but it's not greatest of all time. It's just it's laughable. It, that's laughable. It's it's. I'm sorry. Like it, it's just laughable. I don't even. I don't, I have no idea how. And I'm sure the list is probably peppered with a shit ton of amazing games. I have no idea how God of War 2018 is Trump's Red Dead Red Dead Redemption was in that list and for me Red Dead Redemption how? is ahead. How? Like no. how is even how is Red Dead even in the top 25 games of all time? God of War might be the, in the top 5 games in the last 5 years? Sure. But we're talking about of all time. I'm sorry. My 34-year-old soul has seen and played too many games and have been came. through many different generations to tell you, spoiler alert, for your 14-year-old or 18-year-olds out there that absolutely love God of War, it ain't the best game of all time. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It, oh, my list almost became Ocarina of Time on one side and Mario 64 on the other. And there's a reason for that. If you look at when they came out, not I only were ready. they... Listen, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm reading this chat right here. No, these go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. These motherfuckers think they know what I'm playing. I own Red Dead Redemption 2. I sunk 30 hours into the game. And you might be thinking to yourself, 30 hours in Red Dead? Ha! That's nothing. <laughs> I've got 300. You didn't really play the game. Well, guess what? It didn't capture my attention. The way a game should after 30 hours of playing it. It ain't the best game ever made. It isn't even in the top 10. I'm sorry. <laughs> Minecraft's a better game than Red Dead. It will stand the tests of time. It will be replayed more. Your children will play Minecraft. 
Your kids will say Red Dead Redemption sucks ass by the time they're 14. (laughs) Same with God of War. They will fucking hate the game. They will say, Dad, Mom, how did you play this? They will play Minecraft. And they will love it. Sorry. This ain't even a hot take. This is reality. This is reality. What okay. what came what came down to a lot of these competitions in this list was you were looking at games that were not only they were old but they were rated categorically incredible at their time by both critics and players but not only that but they influenced or created entire genres upon the release so they got it right out of the gate so my list almost became Ocarina of Time and Super Mario 64 for similar reasons you're looking for you're looking at Nintendo who who could not have smashed two games out of the park fucking harder. You've got like one of the first, if not the first, honest to god open world 3D third person action adventure game. Blew it out of the park. Mario 64. Dude, basically Nintendo the first the list. honest to god yeah. like open-ended platformer 3D third person and crushed it. And like the things, the mechanics that they included in those two titles went on to yeah. be permeate, to permeate the entire Everything. fucking genre Everything. for the rest of time. Yes. So not only did, not only was it like a case of like, oh, this is the Model T where it came out and yeah, you got in it and it drove three kilometers an hour and it worked. Yeah. They came out and they skipped, they skipped right to like, they, they skipped right to Ferrari. They went, fuck it. They were going yeah. straight to the head of the line. Performance yes. vehicle. Nearly perfect video game. Yes. And first of its kind. Yes. Good luck all that come after. Yes. Listen, you want to put you want to put Red Dead Redemption at the top of these open world survival um genre like you can't you can give God of War. I wouldn't I wouldn't smite you if you gave God of War the greatest game of that genre, of that type of game. But we're talking about the list says the greatest game of all time. It's not even close. If Nintendo would own in the top 10, six or seven of those games, flat out. Yeah. Six or seven of them, Nintendo owns. You have to put Tetris in there. You have to put Pong in there. You have to put Minecraft in there. Well, those are that's why I like. That's where for me, those games exist outside the conversation because they're an institution of their own. Yeah. So I don't even put them in there. I just say, look, they're you already know they're 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 like the Mount fucking Rushmore of video games. They exist outside of the conversation because they automatically win. You put Pong in, it wins. Tetris wins. Minecraft. I'm going Mario sixty four is the greatest game ever made. And I would not I'm, I'm I would just, not be upset yeah. about that choice. I'm just going Mario 64. Um and yeah, it's a subjective bias opinion, but it's not that bias. Like there is it's kind of like you know, when you're saying who's the greatest UFC fighter of all time. You know, if somebody says John Jones, Anderson Silva, um Khabib, you know, there there there's like, you know, you 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 can make you can't get mad at somebody, I kind of get mad because you can make it. You can make a case, but you can make a case for like a case. Yeah, you can't make a case for God of War. There isn't one. 
There's no case. It's just, it's just a really good fucking video game. Yes, there's just no case. But like, for, for me, you have to do more than just be a really fucking good video game. Otherwise, a lot more games get way further in this list. Yes. It's just too hard of a question. I mean, it's a it's a triggering question to begin with that gets everybody talking. I think it's I think it's a good piece of oh, it was great uh, of, of social media uh, yeah. a buzz. Hulu Hulu backed this thing, so they they got their their advertising money worth. Yeah, uh, but you know, it, Super Mario sixty four is 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 up there. I have a hard time. Like, if you axed out Super Mario sixty four for Ocarina of Time, I can't be mad at you. Um, but at the same time, like. I, I just, I can't think of any recent games. There's been some incredible games as of late. And it's not to say that a recent game can cannot become the greatest of all time. It doesn't mean that just because these games came before that nobody can ever touch them, ever. Yeah. I'm not saying that. I'm not that biased. But I, I am telling you that the only recent games that could ever come into that talk is Minecraft and Grand Theft Auto V. That's it. And not Grand Theft Auto V because I play it for a living. I didn't even play the campaign of Grand Theft Auto V. I didn't give two squirts of fucking piss about the Grand Theft Auto franchise before I started role-playing. It's the fact that how many games they sold, how moddable the game is, how relevant it stayed, how vast of content that is being created around this and, and, and how it's transcended online play and has stayed as relevant and as popular as it has oh and by the way the game's incredible as well it's just it it isn't a glitchy fuck show it's a good game the storylines are well acted it is they come out with these games like once every seven fucking years they take their time with it rockstar knows what they're doing there is dialogue to be had when you want to throw in maybe those two games in the mix for, 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 for the game of, of, of Rushmore. You can throw those in. I don't get mad at you. You can't throw in The Witcher. You can't throw in God of War. You can't throw in uh, 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 Horizon Zero Dawn. You can't throw in uh, all these other great, uh, uh, these great fucking amazing games. Uh, the Last of Us. You can't put those in. They're not, ra- they're not Rushmore. The Rushmore of the genre, but not of the industry, of the entire... You just can't do it. You can't do it. I'm sorry. Sorry. It's tough. I might, I might after having done that list and, and so many games on there, like, not even belonging on, the, on like, the opening bracket, I do get the, the, the feeling like I want to do my own bracket where I sit down and fill this shit out and then do some community voting, and then show my own bracket at the end. Um, you have to do it by genre, man. All time is just too... Well, all time, is, all time is fun, but whenever I do, like when I put the video up, the reason why it's an hour is because I'll go, I've talk, you know, I, I'm talking about the stuff like that and why it's difficult, and why like at the end I could have just as easily put some of the other games that didn't make it in the finals and been like comfortable having that conversation. Because when you're talking about an industry that's been around as long as video games now and has produced as many games as the industry has, uh, is that there are lots of games you can make a case for, which is ultimately more important than deciding the ultimate best, because the ultimate best is going to be very subjective for, yes. like, as a thing. Yes. Um, you can be more objective about specific genres and things like that. It's still difficult, 
but you can be more objective. But when you start crossing fucking real-time strategy with racing games... You can't do it. You just or can't like, do it. The you best just, you can do is take genres and put games up against other games. Uh, like you said, Mario 64 versus Batman. You can't do that. You have to put Mario 64 in the category of those type of games. You need yeah. to put Ocarina of Time with it. You need to put... Uh, uh, any of those uh, well it would be like Mar- it would be like it would be like Mario Banjo Donkey Kong yes you need to those put- are all like platformer collectathons yes. right yes and then you need to take that and you need to get some of the new ones right you yeah. got to throw in the 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 um you go uh, like Ori in the Blind Forest exactly. and shit right? like that you yeah. got to throw all those in there so that then you get the best of that genre then you take that top game and you put and it up against brackets. the top game of yeah. the different genre and you see which ones really hold out you can't just you can't just take a hundred games close your eyes take them out and put them in a bracket it, it's 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 you know it's western conference finals versus the eastern conference finals you got to put the westerns and the easterns against each other then have the top dogs go up against each other at the at the grand finale to see who's really the top dog can't do it any other way it's too like yeah where do you put sports games on the list like you can't you just can't do it you can't this shit just triggers me just talking about it i'm triggered. you know what though you know pissed. you know what though i did i did move tony hawk pro skater 2 into like the quarterfinals it made it that far sports some sports games did transcend sports which is what tony hawk pro skater 2 did um but like you know, there comes a point where it's really fucking difficult to put the soulless fucking husk that is sports titles, no matter how good they are, yeah. up against every other genre. Like, that's that's a fucking, that's a meme. What are you going to, like, oh, your best case scenario is you put, like, NHL 94 on the list and walk away. And maybe, like, and maybe like I don't know, FIFA, FIFA fucking uh, 98. Yeah. Some shit like the like and, and again they're older ones because they were genre defining at the time because sports titles in the modern era haven't changed since about two thousand four. So uh, it's very di- very very difficult, very challenging. But yeah, there were. It's a hard thing to do. There are so many good fucking games, but it was an interesting list. More interesting to see how more. current our IGN readers were were voting, right? Uh, and uh, yeah, so that was that was kind of fun. So there you go. Uh, if you do want to watch my, my whole breakdown on my shit, it is, it is on my, my YouTube channel for the five of you that are willing to watch an hour of me deliberate, uh, at two o'clock in the morning on IGN's, on IGN's list. Uh, New World. So that was a game and you played some of it so we can actually talk about this. I didn't play New World. I thought you did. Oh, never I was debated. Somebody told me that you were RPing in New World for a day for like a, a switch up. No. They didn't I was debated. Me. I wasn't playing. All right. Well, I'll talk about it just very briefly. But so New World Pop, uh, all of Twitch watched it, mostly because people were getting paid 10 figures to play this shit. Or not 10 figures, sorry. They were paying, being paid tens of thousands to play this thing. Uh, lots of the top content creators getting on uh, and pushing the shit out of it. It had like 900,000 viewers on its launch day uh, on Twitch. And uh, servers were just getting bombed. They had to, like, open up. Like, when I was creating my account, as I was creating, or not my account, my character, as I was creating my character, they spun up 28 more, or I think it was 28 more servers on the U.S. East 
because everyone was on U.S. East and they had to spin up more servers. Um, the wait times were insane. Some of these servers had like eight hour fucking wait times uh, because of the queues being several thousand players long. Um, and uh, I had no, I had no intention of playing this game. Zero. I was watching Twitch streams because I had never seen any of it. I saw people talking about it since the beta, but I'd never seen any gameplay. And I was like, man, everyone is sucking this game's dick on my social media timelines. I need to see, I need to at least watch now that it's out and see what this hook is that everyone is so bent on New World. And so I go and I watch it and I was hanging out with, uh, with my moderators, you know, Fox and, and Shady at the time on uh, Discord chatting it, uh, chatting it up. And I was just, I, I'll be honest, I was shitting on the game. Because. That's normal, Adam. I, shocking, I, I know. I don't know. I don't know many games that it you would have. It would have okay, surprised here's, you. Here's the Adam experience. I'm going <laughs> to spoil it for everybody. Right. This is the Adam experience. Hook me up. Boot up the game. Take two hours, three, to create your character. All right. Then I didn't do that create, in this because there was only like three options, but that's uh, normally very much it. Three yes. hours to create the character. Yeah. Another three hours to just get the perfect settings for desyncs and and uh, shadows and and the draw distances and fields of views and graphical settings and all of this shit. And nope, nope, that tree still looks a little something's going yep. on over there. Another yep. three hours that. Then about another four to five hours of bitching so you'll get <laughs> you'll get three plus three then another four to five hours of just straight bitching i'm cutting too many fucking trees what the hell is this the audio is fucking weird as shit why is it that when i swing my axe it sounds like there's a gunshot going off in my left ear all right this is the adam experience guys all right i have seen this play out for a decade longer. I've known Adam way longer than all of you have. This is the Adam experience. It never changes. The odds of Adam ever getting into a game, shutting off his brain, and just saying, you know what? Fuck the settings. I'm just going to jump in. Yeah, I'm going to take about a half hour, 45 minutes to make my character, make him look, or her, make her look good. It's you Olivia Mild in every game. Yep. So. And then just play the game. It never happens. It never happens. So it's that's my curse. pretty much what Adam thought. I didn't even watch Adam play the game, and I already know where it's going. I already know. It's accurate. It's accurate. It's accurate. Uh, except for the character creation, because there were only like four options. So I, 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 I wasn't given the opportunity to spend three hours on character creation because there wasn't enough character creation to spend three hours. If there was, though, you would have yeah, Then I would have done it. Yeah, oh, yeah. He just spent three hours. There's a reason why I never played Black Desert Online, because it wouldn't have been three hours, it would have been three weeks. I would have never left. I've been trapped in hell. So, uh, Fox and I both played it at the same time, because I wanted to play it with somebody else to experience, you know, teaming up with people and playing the MMO together and all that kind of nonsense. So we played it. Shady bought it for me, because I had no intention. And then she just gifted it to me, and I was like, well, fuck, now I have to play it, because she's gifted it to me, so I logged in. Uh, did make the, made the character. That was the first thing I noticed is that it's an MMO in 2021. There were four options for your character and there was only human as a race, which was really weird. 
Uh, I can't remember the last time I played an MMO where there were so few options and only one race. But I, I, I didn't even think, I didn't even talk about that when I played it. But in hindsight, it was a little weird. So I made the character, and we hop in, and uh, I, I messed around with the settings, but only insofar as that it was before the game launched. It was, um, it was the game that was known to like blow graphics cards up and have weird like issues and shit. So I was wondering if they had fixed any of that. Uh, the menus were fixed for that. They locked the menu frame rate no matter what you set it to so that it, your card doesn't blow up. And then when you get into the game, uh, I immediately noticed two things. One, the game, I don't know why anyone would think anything else. This game looks visually like it came out of 2014. If you think it looks newer than that, fuck. Um, it's not a pretty game. Nothing about it looks pretty. Uh, and does not perform for how bad it looks. I've got a pretty beefy system. Still wasn't the greatest experience, but the most, the most impressive thing to me is like you said, you're looking off, you see a tree. Looks fucking weird. All right. So I had the game running at max, everything turned to the max, right? And I was like, all right, well, what happens if I just turn everything to the lowest? I fucking shit you not. If you turn everything from the highest graphics quality settings in that game, and then you turn it to the lowest, most people would require screenshots side by side to be able to tell the visual difference between everything turned up and everything turned down. And when I turned two settings up a little bit, it basically matched. So you don't have to run this game at very high on every setting to have it look basically identical. Just, you can fucking put textures to very high, shadows at high, and everything else could be dirt poor at low, and it doesn't fucking matter. Uh, the frame rate's still unstable, lock it to 60 and walk away. That didn't take too long. We got through that, but it, I did. It's like I do in every game. I want to see how it performs. Then we started playing. We played about three, four hours of the game. Dude, this game provides absolutely nothing that hasn't been done before in an MMO. But not only that, it ignores every lesson that every popular MMO has ever learned and has fixed and improved in the last 15 years of the genre, throws all that shit out the door, goes back to the Dark Ages, and pretends like none of that shit happened. All of it feels old. Nothing feels new. Combat is clunky. It's fucking nothing to write home about. Everyone in the beginning of the game, you spend more time playing Minecraft than you do playing an MMO. Everything is collect items to craft an item, to collect more items, to craft another item, to collect more items. Yeah, I like that. I personally like that shit. Uh, I don't want I, it. I don't want it in an MMO. I do because I'm going to spend a lot of time. It's kind of like what it, what it was in RuneScape. Is it's a lot of grinding to go up levels to get this to build that to do that, and I actually like that stuff because it keeps me engaged in terms of there's always something for me to do. The moment I feel like there's nothing for me to do in an MMO, I just check the fuck out. Uh, but in the so, beginning of an MMO, there's the most to do. You haven't completed anything. You're in the very beginning. For me, to have the MMO present me before any major combat with pretty much just hacking at rocks and trees was a very weird fucking thing for me. Then eventually you find out that, that there's a tax system in this game and everything else, and that was fucking weird. Uh, but to save you the full fucking summary, because I did a video on this too, my, of my, my opening yeah, thoughts let's, on let's it. Yeah, let's get a let's get I'm a not going to talk breakdown. about the whole yes, thing. Yes, please, yes. The quick breakdown for me, anyway, is that unless you're somebody that wants what you just described, at which point there are other games that do that better. So even if you like that shit, 
unless the hook for you is this game is new and also allows me to put an axe into a tree for five hours, if that's your if that's your barrier to entry is I need an axe in a tree for five hours in a new video game, yes, the new world absolutely provides you with that pivotal video game experience of axing a tree for five hours. If you want anything that's ever been done in an MMO at any level, whether it's graphically, game mechanics, end game, or otherwise, to be fresh or new, or even take all that has been done before and at least use that as the jumping off point and not ignoring all of the lessons learned, this game ain't it. They have they have a storefront for buying shit like a, there was an axe skin, a hatchet skin. You can't see the difference between your regular hatchet and the axe skin because it's such a small fucking weapon you can physically cannot see it. And they wanted like ten dollars for this fucking axe skin, and my soul died. It died. Everything about this game for me is old, dated, looks bad. Plays clunky, but it's new. I bet you this shit wears off in less than a month. It goes away, and the only people playing it are the people that are so desperate for a new MMO because they just haven't clicked with something else that they're willing to give this a shot and protect their purchase by saying it's not as bad as they thought it would be. Mm. But it ain't it. I think... I, I don't, I'm not going to argue with any of that stuff because I just haven't played the game, and I yeah. haven't watched more than... 15 minutes of it uh so i mean i really truly don't know what the fuck uh, the game's all about from what i'm gathering is um it's a competent mmo it's a it's an mmo it is it's not this bad that delivers an mmo experience uh it's something that's new people are are looking for a new world to get lost in pardon the pun um (laughs) And I promise I didn't mean to do that, but I, no, happened. no, but it's hard not to when the game is called um, New World. And uh, and I think they delivered on that. Um, I don't think this is going to die in a month. I think this MMO is here to stay. I think it's going to be. I don't um, mean it's going to die like it's going to disappear. I, I just it, mean it's not going to be revered like it is currently because well, of the of hype. Not. I mean it's now. it's new and there's a lot of hype and Amazon is paying people to play this game. Yeah. Um. But I think because it's Amazon and they literally own Twitch, um, they can advertise this game as much as they want. They can incentivize streamers to play this game. They can push recommended people that play this game. They can reward people. They can literally, it's kind of like- Well, they can keep it at the front of eyeballs. Yeah, they can keep it there. And as long as it's up there, I think it's going to do better- than uh final fantasy is doing on twitch um probably oh, on twitch on it will undoubtedly yeah. do better yeah. final yeah. fantasy is just massive it yeah. all depends on how big the asian market takes takes hold of of new world on where if it's really going to have um a decade of staying power um we will see obviously the game is fucking massive right now and it's a huge success out the gate hard not to when you're pushing it on your own platform and you're giving people something that they want uh, and desperately need. I mean, we're, we, live in a, we live in COVID world right now. Uh, any opportunity to literally lose yourself in another place. And, you know, people are sick of wow. They're sick of all this other shit. They've answered some prayers. The question is, can they follow up? I don't take too much 
inventory and the fact that it's new. It has some issues. Uh, the servers, it's forever to get in line. I mean, this is... Oh, I don't have... Yeah, I, is, I take no issues yeah. with the server shit. That's going to happen in every fucking online game. Yeah. My my core complaints is that it's, it's ignored all of the shit, the lessons that have been learned before, and just went in for it. And I think a lot of that, and Panic brought this up as well in my chat the other day, is that this is like the studio's first game, and they chose doing an MMO as their first video game. Yeah. And that's a fucking monumental task. Most MMOs kind of suck at launch anyway. Very few of them come out the gate strong. Yeah. Uh, and they're live service games. So the real test of this game will well, be what does New World yeah. look like in six to six nine months. months from now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's what. That's where we'll really get an idea. Uh, because they still got the juice right now, right? Internally. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what does it look like in six to nine months? And then make a more, you know, a th- a dedicated decision on it then. I think... If I had to like look into the future, the people that will enjoy this game most in the long run are the PvP-centric MMO players. Uh, because a lot of what this game caters to involves PvP content to get the most out of it. And, uh, and early, early on, it puts that in front of you. So I think that's where the game is going, will be PvP stuff. Uh, and I suspect their hopes are that because they are Amazon and they have Twitch integration right off the rip as well, is that they're going to try and marry those two things, the yeah. PvP and the Twitch deal. Uh, and so we'll see what this, what you know, six, nine months, we'll see what it comes like. But right out of the gate, my biggest gripe is it's like they just ignored literally everything that's ever happened before and decided to start from scratch, and that was very off-putting to me. But uh, I wish them the best, because doing a new MMO, whether it's your first game or not, is challenging. Doing it even to the level of competency that this is launched at should be appreciated. It's just not uh something that i think personally is worth the unimaginable fucking hype train that that shit has right now but for the reasons you just talked about as well there's a reason why the hype train is uh as big as it is and that's all we got for game news jeff which means it's time to sell out patreon.com slash lag tv head on over there keep this podcast afloat uh we are still going go show it some love uh we've got our sponsors elgato if you guys don't already got the face cam that's what i'm using right now you guys can see a massive difference between my webcams my old logitech c920 c928 compared to the face cam that i'm using from elgato night and day um they've actually got a sale going on right now so if you go onto their twitter um you can get 10 percent off i do believe if you loading up your cart so Head on over there if you're if it's still available. Take advantage of it. Um, and we also got uh, NordVPN. If you guys don't have a VPN service, you know what to do. Go to nordvpn.com slash OTT. Use the promo code OTT. Very simple. Three letters, guys. Get yourself 73% off plus four bonus months when you get a two-year subscription. I know a lot of you guys have been uh, with them for a while. So if your two-year subscription is up for renewal, take advantage of the new promotion. Head on over there, pick it up, stay safe, stay anonymous while you're surfing the internet. Uh, Use it on your phone, your PC, your smart TV, anywhere and everywhere, there's like a NordVPN app. Go on, check them out. Uh, They're a big supporter of the podcast. They're a big supporter of gaming in general. So go and show them some support. Because they are keeping the lights on here uh, on the podcast. So if you're in the market for VPN, think Nord and use the promo code OTT. 
and it helps Adam and I keep the show going uh, so that we can continue to do what we do for you guys for the foreseeable future. Plus, you get a good service. So it's a win-win. That's it. And now it's time for... Movies and TV. I hope you got some shit, because I've got one other than the Mario movie, and that is that the live-action Cowboy Bebop uh, is hitting Netflix November 19th. Mm. That is the start and end of the prominent news that I dug up, but there might be some other release stuff or whatever that I have I have missed. What did you got? Anything that you know of on your side? No. There was a uh, new horror uh, series or movie oh. or something on Netflix. Made by the creators of um, The Haunting. Yes, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. Yeah, and apparently it's really good. But I've, yeah, I've heard very good things about it. Uh, I want to watch uh, Kale it. Kale yeah. and I are going to start it. Uh, we, we got like probably one more night of Sex Education Season 3. And then we're going to start watching that horror uh, horror one. There's Squid Game. As I've well. watched all but one or two episodes of that. Of course uh, you did. With uh, Well, that's because Em was watching. I, was, I, I passively watched about three quarters of it. And then because Em was watching it in the background. And then I was, I, I've actively seen uh, a couple of the episodes uh, as well. Um, that's a show. Yeah, and apparently it's about to be Netflix's biggest show of all time. So it's breaking all the records. Uh, um, I can see why. It's shock value to the max. Yeah. So that's uh, apparently well like done. Hunger Games meets, you know, Battle Royale. Sort of. Kind of. Children's games and stuff. I don't know. Uh, we'll end up, we'll end up watching. I'll end up watching that at some point. Yeah. Um, Casino, uh, not Casino Royale. No Time to Die. It, reviews are coming out. Uh, pretty overwhelmingly good. Okay. Um, Daniel Craig's last outing as James Bond. Um, outside of that, you know, the Mario news was some of the bigger movie related news, uh, recently. Um, and oh, um, Ridley Scott, uh, is apparently going to be making Gladiator 2. Um, that's happening. Uh, okay. So apparently the script is being written now. Uh, before they had a script, um, then that script got axed, and now he's creating, he's got a team creating another script. Uh, and he said he's got one more movie to film, and then he's going to do Gladiator 2. We don't know if it's going to be with Russell Crowe. Weird because, spoiler alert, he dies in the movie. Um, so I know that the old script apparently was about him, Maximus, uh, but in the afterlife. So he was doing his gladiator thing in the afterlife uh, against some of the other dead uh, great warriors or whatever. So maybe we still get that. Maybe it's a story about his son because he had a boy uh, in there. Or maybe it's another gladiator uh, all together in a different time. Um, and it's a, it's a, uh, a story about that. So, um, there's that news. Christopher Nolan. Um, there is some deep seated rumors that Christopher Nolan may be, uh, helming a future bond movie. Um, he has been wanting, he's been campaigning, uh, so to speak. He said, if it ever came to my lap, uh, I would do it. He is with, uh, he got out of, I think, in bed with Universal, uh, or he's getting in bed with Universal. 
Um, and uh, they're looking for a new Bond director. There's rumors that he might be doing Bond uh, with whoever the new Bond will be, which they're announcing early next year. They're going to kind of let this Bond do its thing and let Daniel Craig kind of have his moment. Um, so we've been hearing about that. And that's pretty much it from what I've been hearing uh, in the movie stuff. It's There's just a lot of movies coming out here soon, so we will see uh, what happens. That's it. Uh, Dune is the thing. I forgot about that. Um, uh, Come to it soon. The Catalyst, yeah, I talked about that. Uh, initial reviews or, or whatever people have seen screenings been good so far. I suspect it will be quite. I suspect it will be a spectacle at the very least, uh, uh, of a movie. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, we'll have to wait and see what uh, what happens when that bad boy properly drops into theaters. Uh, but yeah, not a lot. Uh, not a lot else going on there. And so now it's time to move on to mm, uh, tech support. <laughs> Patreon.com. Slash lag TV. If you want to financially support the podcast, that's the way to do it. Uh, one of the things you can do for $10 or more a month uh, is uh, ask us questions each and every week. I put up a post uh, before the podcast that's called Tech Support. You get to ask us questions and we give you as many answers as we can in the time that we have. Oh, let's see here. Dean favorite fall flavor pumpkin spice, apple cinnamon, or maple? Apple cinnamon. All day. Shit, that's tough. It's not maple. Maple's too sweet for me. My mom makes uh, pumpkin squares that you that's a it's a cake with a uh, a um, cream cheese frosting top, and it's pumpkin spiced, and that's really fucking dangerously good, and so it's hard for me. It's hard for me not to go with that, but also at the same time, uh, fall hits, you get to go pick your own apples here in Nova Scotia, which by the way, if you've never been able to actually eat an apple or any fruit or vegetable directly off of whatever it grew off of, uh, you don't know what that vegetable tastes like or that fruit tastes like until you've managed to do that. It's a different animal. Go pick your apples at the orchards here. And then you can make stuff like Apple Crisp, and it's a fucking transcendent experience. Uh, so that's tough. But uh, I'd go either way, but since Jeff went Apple Cinnamon, I'll say, I'll say Pumpkin Spice. But not in the terms of, like, I'm going to go get a fucking Pumpkin Spice Latte. That shit don't happen. Ugh. It's mostly Pumpkin Pie and Mom's Pumpkin Squares. Those are the two, the two chief reasons. Otherwise, again, Apple Crisp in the fall is fucking mm. fire. Apple mm. crisp and vanilla ice cream oh. when it's hot out of the oven. Oh man, yes. Give me, give me that. All of it. Uh Super Kami Guru. More food questions. Uh, of all the ways to enjoy your French fries, what's the best style of French fry? The best style of French fry. Um, it's a fucking wedge. It's a spiced wedge for me. 99% of the time if I have an option. If I can do it like Daryl's. Daryl's Spiced Wedges. Give me that almost every time. I'm going to go with uh, with uh, uh, spicy, just your regular spicy fries. As in like, okay. 
You you. How thick do you like your fries? Like a regular uh, cut, a shoestring, a steak cut no. fry. Regular regular cut. Um, you know, with uh, with the with the spice they put on, like at Five Guys Burgers and Fries, or your standard spicy spicy fries. Um, yeah. where they shake all the like kind of orangish spice on your fries. That's, the majority of that uh, is paprika or smoked paprika yeah. most of the time, yeah. Uh that's that's my go-to. Um you know, sweet potato fries are delicious. Um but sweet potato fries isn't a fry that I would want to eat in every meal where I have fries. Sweet yeah. potato fries for me is like um sweet having sweet potato fries on the side is Almost like a fancier uh, dinner or or a fancier lunch where, you know, I'm, I, I don't want to rush through sweet potato fries. If I'm going to a fast food restaurant, they pretty much all offer sweet potato fries, but I never get them. You know? Also, because, well, for me, I don't. I only get them in specific places because very few places actually cook sweet potato fries properly. Yeah. Your two well, options of sweet potato fries is limp and moist. Or overcooked and burnt because the oil temperature has to be different for sweet potato fries than regular, but they don't do that. They just cook their regular fries and sweet fries in the same oil temperature, and you end up with the shittiest fucking oil-laden sweet potato fries, or they're black. Even if I could get perfect sweet potato fries every time, I'm still not doing it. I'm just getting, like, it's because I feel like when you are enjoying a good sweet potato fry, it's something that you want to sit down and take your time and enjoy and eat. Oh, I still want a spiced like a, wedge most of the time. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Oh, so, yeah, regular fry you. for me with with the spice. We're continuing this on. Dandrums just week after week. So we did, I believe it was SNES, and, and I think we do do regular Nintendo, then Super Nintendo. Now he's asking top three Sega Genesis games: Streets of Rage two, Sonic two or three, depending on whether or not you want your Michael Jackson involved. Uh, and, uh, come on camera, you can find me, right? You can do it, I believe in, there you go. Uh, so, Streets of Rage 2, Sonic 2, and or 3, and, uh, man, in the third spot? Shit. Possibly Gunstar Heroes. Dude, I'm literally taking the same... Three, <laughs> Gunstar Heroes, Sonic Two, um, and Streets of Rage Two. Dude, Boom. Streets of Rage Two is so good. Oh, Sonic you know what? A- you know what? I'm gonna take off Sonic Two, just okay. to be a little bit different. Okay. Golden Axe. There you go. There That's a is. good choice. That's a good choice. Uh. Nick Winters asks, now that it started, who do you think will win DreamHack, StarCraft 2, Masters, Winter? Not a clue. Not following StarCraft. Don't watch. No idea. Uh, I'm going to go with a foreigner because now that uh, StarCraft's fallen off uh, quite a bit, a lot of foreigners are getting better and better, and they seem to be doing better. So I'm going to just say, I don't know, some Westerner. Uh, That probably crushed the soul of like a million people. You guys don't watch StarCraft I never did. Even when I was playing the game. The only I wasn't huge I on watching because, it because, like, my chat would be like, you know, yeah, yeah, this is going on. I, I, or if I was at an an actual event trying to compete, really, it was a meet and greet, hang out, just there playing. Uh, I never really followed it. There was like maybe in 2012, 2013, I was like 
much more into it, sort of in like the Idra uh, glory days of StarCraft, where it was a little bit more of an entertainment value and not so much best of the best. Um, yeah, I haven't I haven't followed StarCraft competitively in at least five six years. Uh, more food related questions. Jorbach asks, have you ever had to send food back at a restaurant? And the follow-up somebody had is, if you did, what was the worst send-back experience you've ever had? Um, I mean, I've had, uh, I had hair, like, usually it's hair. Like, uh, here's the thing. I'm not a Karen at restaurants. I used to work in them. Um, so typically, like, if something doesn't taste good, I just won't eat it. And I don't complain. And then when they come over and they say, hey, you know, was everything Okay. Um, depending how like atrocious it really was and like how obvious it was that it wasn't good and I didn't eat it, I'll say, yeah, I didn't really enjoy that. Um, and then they'll, they'll say, Hey, can I get you something else? A lot of the times my wife or friends are already done eating and I'm like, no, no, it's fine. And they'll say, I'll just take it off your bill. Like, okay, I appreciate it. And then I'll go and grab McDonald's on the way home or don't air or something. That's typically how it goes. If I'm taking food back, it's usually because like there is like hair in my food. And I'm not talking like a small little hair that may have come off my clothes or something. Like somebody's long ass hair is dingling in my food and it just completely turns me off. Like from my appetite just goes. And I'm just like, yeah, there's hair in my food. I'm not going to pay. It's not even that the food's bad. It's somebody's hairs in my food. I'm now I just don't want to eat. That's usually the worst it's ever been for me. Yeah, I've uh I've I'm I'm the same. I'm not really much of a of a Karen. I've uh in fact, I can't think of more than maybe one time two at most that I've ever actually sent something back or not even sent it back, but like you, I just I'm just done. And I yeah. don't and I'm like don't worry about it. It's whatever. It happens, but I'm not interested in getting something else, you know. Everyone else is done eating or they're halfway into it and I'm just like whatever, it's fine. Um uh, hair has to be pretty bad. Yeah. As well. Like I've, I've, I've had hair in mine and just been like fucking whatever. It's not going to yeah. kill me and just eat yeah. the fucking food. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I've, I've sent the thing I think I've sent back the most is, um, uh, steak and chicken where the chicken was obviously pre-fired and then fired again and is now fucking sawdust or just chewy and awful and overcooked the shit. Uh, and the steak was obviously frozen ahead of time. And when you cut it, it's gray for like the entire outer rim and you only get what looks like meat on the inside. And then everything else is just gray from freezer burn. Um, that's the only two things I think I've ever walked away from. Everything else, like, it has to be pretty fucking bad before I get to that point. Because it's yeah. just like, whatever, man. Like, some people are really, you know, you're, like, a lot of people get, like, hung up. They just spent $10 or something on something, and they act like they're sitting in a fine dining establishment where they've had, like, you know, where the waiters have to serve you from the backside so that you never see their fucking face or hand. Like, you're not, you're not there, you're at a fucking, you're at a McDonald's, all right? Just live with it. Or just, you didn't, you're not, you're not going to some hoity-toity shit. Yeah. Don't be so picky. And don't waste food. Like, people get, like, one hair, and, like, I get it if it ruins your appetite. If it's, like, especially if it's, like, a, the worst is when it's, like, like, really long hair. And it's just, like, like, 
I but like if you've I, just got like a hair and it's like resting on some shit yeah, or whatever the fuck, off, don't man. don't ruin forty dollars worth of food because you fucking yeah. grow up. Uh, uh, I think we've answered this before, but I haven't seen this name, so I'm going to ask a question anyway. Thank you, Henry. Does pineapple belong on pizza? If it's free, I'm gonna eat it. Yep. I'm not buying it personally, but if it's there and somebody says, "Hey, do you want yep. this pizza? It has pineapple." I'm yes. gonna say yes. I want some pizza. Yes. Listen, pineapples are just delicious, period. I don't give a fuck what they're in. I had pineapple. I had uh, cut up chicken, rice, and pineapples mixed all together the other day. I was eating on stream. They're like, dude, what are you doing? I'm like, what What do you mean what am I doing? Pineapples are fucking delicious. They're delicious cold. They're delicious warm. They're they're just delicious. Um, my mouth is watering just thinking about them. Like, that's how <laughs> delicious they are. Uh, listen, if you haven't had a Hawaiian pizza with... Ham and pineapples on it. You're not living your best life. I'm sorry. You're just not. And it isn't a pizza that I order, but if it's there, I'll eat it. And sometimes we'll get a frozen pizza. We'll buy like five frozen pizzas and we'll just slide in one Hawaiian. Just to switch it up. Just to just to mix up the vibe a little bit. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, you have sex the same way like two, three times a week forever but sometimes you're like you know what let's fucking switch it up let's go in a different position let's try it out it's like yeah you know what it's still good it's not something i want to do all the time but sometimes you just got to switch it up a little bit change a scenery change a taste nothing wrong with that and here's the other thing uh pineapples on pizza even better when the pizza's cold I like me some pineapples on pizza when it just gets to the house and it's nice. But when that shit has been sitting on the counter for two, three hours and you had two, three slices when it first came and now it's two o'clock in the morning. You're like, you know what? I can go for another slice. Fuck it. And that pineapple pizza is chilling in there and you grab a slice. You don't put it in the microwave. Nothing. It's not like freezing cold, but it ain't warm anymore. That's when the fucking pineapple really has its it has the maximum effect. That's when you're like, oh, because pizza kind of just tastes the same. Well, once once pizza's cold, doesn't matter if you got a meat lovers, a works, a whatever. You grab a slice, it's pretty much the same. You're gonna eat it. You're gonna be like, okay, it's pizza. It's it's it is what it is. But when you throw the pineapple on there, it's a game changer. You actually taste in the pineapple, the juice that comes out of that bitch. Here's here's what. I would, here's, here's what I would say, okay? I think a lot of people getting scarred by pineapple on pizza and is, is because you're ordering it from a takeout place. By the time the pizza gets to you, it's usually only Luke fucking warm anyway. Yeah. It's congealed. The cheese is rarely actually like melted anymore. It's just kind of a one giant mass of, of diabetes. You know, you just, that's, it's just, it's not like no matter what pizza you get at that point. Like Jeff said, it kind of tastes the same. It's not really. But if you get, if you're at a restaurant that's known for doing some pizzas in a proper stone oven and they come out and they've got a piping hot, if you bite this, you're making a bad choice type shit. And you put for me some cold pineapple on there. You get the hot pizza, the cold and sweet pineapple, the, the salty, which when it's hot pizza, the salt in the tomato sauce and cheese is heightened. 
You get the sweet from the pineapple, the cold, the warm, the crunch of the crust. It's the it's the everything at once. It's a bite that a lot of food goes for. Salty, sweet, umami, crunchy, soft. I'm about to order a pineapple. I'm about to order a Hawaiian. That's, I'm about to that's, order Hawaiian. The only places, the only thing I can say that I've seen for pizza that I've been like, whoa, fuck, slow down. And we've said this before in the podcast is like Korea has this thing for putting corn uh, and mayonnaise on pizza. And I might be like, you know what? Maybe, maybe science has gone too far. Maybe we should back the fun bus up on that a little bit. Uh, but otherwise, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, again, yeah. it's not something I'm going to order, especially if it's order out, but if it's there and I, and I'm eating free pizza, I am eating pineapple on pizza. I'm even eating corn on pizza. I'm skipping the mayo. <laughs> I'm skipping the mayo, but you want to sprinkle some corn on that bitch? <laughs> I mean, I'm I'll eating it for a rip. I'll eat it. It's pizza. <laughs> I'm not going to bitch about it. I'm going to be like, what the hell is the corn on my pizza? I'm going to say, this is a little weird, but let me give it a try. Let me give it a a try. I'm not buying it, so I'm just going to give this a shot now. Hey, it's free pizza. Sure. As somebody asked in chat if this is my real voice or I'm faking it, I'll just talk in my real voice for the rest of the stream so you can hear what I really sound like. I'm a real boy. Uh, Xenon Slayer asks, what is the largest vehicle you've ever driven? If a truck, could you please save us Brits from this madness? Truck. <laughs> yes. Oh well. Yeah. I, I, wait. A moving van. A moving truck. Yeah. Yeah. Moving truck. Uh, just a just a uh, like a three quarter ton truck. Biggest I've ever driven. Uh, I wouldn't want to drive bigger than that. Moving trucks scare the shit out of me. When I see people driving 18-wheelers and shit and just casually reversing at, like, fucking 40 kilometers an hour and doing it accurately, my mind is, like, fucking blown. Like, I know they've had lots of practice, so it makes sense. You do something enough times, but I must tell you right now, you put me in an 18-wheeler for 3,000 hours and you tell me to reverse that bitch and do it perfectly at, like, 30 kilometer an hour, it's never going to happen. Ever. Doesn't matter how much practice you give me, that shit ain't going to happen. This is not going to fly. Uh, so, yeah, no, no more than a fucking three-quarter for me. Thank you very much. And even then I get weirded out because, like, when you're driving in traffic in a three-quarter, you're so high that if you're in two-lane, uh, like, you're at the height now where you can often not even see that there's a fucking car next to you. They've got, they've disappeared. Uh, you know, especially if it's not, like, a, yeah. an SUV or some shit. You don't know that it's fucking there. That freaks me out. And I also find this kind of funny. Dad brought this up the other day when we were driving uh, back from the dealership. I I just switched my uh, Toyota from lease to finance. And we were driving back from there. And we were waiting at the Windsor Exchange. And a a three-quarter ton truck that had uh, aftermarket oversized tires and jacked up. I mean, this thing looked like a fucking monster truck. And it wasn't a work truck. This was just like somebody was going to the, the office in an $80,000, you know, compensation machine. And he was sitting in in this fucking truck at the the light. And Dad Dad said this. Dad was like, you know, they spent a really long time coming up with a law to make bumpers so that when cars hit each other, the bumpers absorbed and, and, and deflected and diffused so that the drivers were safe. And now 
so many people are driving trucks just normally, like an everyday vehicle, and most of these trucks are above the hoods of every other fucking vehicle. And so if there's an accident, you're just dead. There's no bumper, like the truck bumper is hitting your face. Your, the truck bumper is not hitting the bumper or even the hood of your car. That shit's gonna, that shit's like hitting a moose where you hit the legs and then the 1700 kilogram moose just comes through, just, like, comes through the you. windshield and kills you. Yeah. Like it completely fucking defeats the purpose of the bumper, but it's cute that it's there. Yeah, that's kind of what it is. But like for me, like anything more, like three quarter ton, I don't even, I, I drive it and I'm comfortable, but don't ask me to reverse in it. <laughs> that's for sure just get me to go in a straight line um wow okay this is quite something <laughs> oh all right this is quite a story just to read this i don't even know what the question is but the first half of this is quite quite a a story danish devil i was recently stuck driving my 18 month old for four and a half hours with only two short breaks so that I could piss in a bottle and let him walk around and have a snack. All this in a place I've never been with no cell phone service and limited navigation. No naps, and several meltdowns later, we managed to get back to civilization in one piece. Wondering if you guys have any stories of outright desperation and wondering if you can make it uh, through a really stressful and difficult time, especially if the care of a loved one fell entirely on your shoulders. First of all, congratulations for surviving that, because that is some modern-day first-world fuckery. When you've got an 18-month-old, you're in the middle of nowhere, no cell phone service, you can't sleep, you're pissing in a bottle, kids kids losing their mind. That's that's an experience, so congratulations for surviving that. I don't really have any of those stories. I mean, the closest thing, we we just talked about it, I think, last week, was getting stuck out in bumfuck nowhere in Boston. In Maine. Or uh, Maine. Uh... Uh, that's pretty much the closest thing that I've gone to where you're just like, you're just fucked because nothing, it's out of your control. It's literally nothing you could really do. Um, we was either rent a car or stay at the airport hotel and try and get another flight. So that's the crazy, that's like the most in the middle of nowhere I've ever been. So I haven't, I haven't put myself in any other position. Uh, not like a trip or anything like that, but I would say like in this household during the pandemic, so my grandmother, who's 98 years old, fifth or sixth year, I've lost track of heart failure. She's completely immobile in bed. We have to lift her in and out of bed, you know, bathroom breaks and all that stuff. And mom's the mom and dad are the primary caregivers during pandemic. You couldn't have people come to the house, nurses or anything like that. Nobody could come in. Everything was shut down. And right before the pandemic, she was just about to enter into a home, an extended care home, and then that just stopped. Uh, and uh, so this whole period of time was probably the highest stress where it was like, we don't have outside, Nan can't get into an ambulance to go to the hospital. Nan can't have, you know, doctors can't come into the house. Nurses can't come into the house. It's just via the phone, something's wrong, mom doing the work, dad there, dad's back gets thrown out. Thankfully, I was living here at the time. We get to like sort that out. But that was probably the highest stress portion of this whole pandemic was everyone trying to remain healthy to not give COVID to Nan and then also navigate trying to keep Nan 
healthy and not needing any kind of actual medical attention, which when you're 98 and heart failure is relatively frequently uh, throughout the last 19 months. That was like a, that was probably the, the, the high, in terms of like a, a loved one relied on you situation or whatever, that was probably the, the highest stress situation in that regard that I can think of. And it's still ongoing because they, she was going to get into another place here just recently. And now they don't have enough staff to take on somebody that needs 24 hour care. Uh, they can only take people that are at least able to get themselves down to the lunchroom for dinners and stuff. They don't have somebody for Nan at the moment that can be in a bed in the room and sit there because they have to legally sit there while they're eating in case something happens uh, to them. They don't have the staffing for that. So once again, we're here trying to make all of this work. So that was probably, that's probably the closest. Uh, but we've been very blessed that we haven't had any really major uh, hiccups here in the last, in the last while. Uh, oh, Forlorn asks, if you had a chance to watch Marvel's What If Animated Show? Not yet. I haven't had, uh, I've only watched one or two with M, and, uh, pretty okay. I watched the one where they, they, uh, swapped around the Captain America with, uh, Captain America's, I guess, girlfriend becomes, uh, the, the, you know, the gets, gets the juice instead. Um... Well done. I mean, like like most of the Marvel stuff, formulaic, but well done and entertaining. Uh, but I haven't seen all of them, uh, and I also haven't seen uh, the new Star Wars stuff because that dropped. the uh, The anime Star Wars stuff uh, popped, and lots of people have been positive about that. But I haven't had a chance uh, to check that out either. Uh, Eight nine ten. What do you guys think about Canada's new? This is literally today. Canada's new Truth and Reconciliation Federal Holiday. So the new Truth and Reconciliation holiday, which is now September 30th, which is today, so this is the first one, is uh, put in place to, uh, as a, uh, to uh, in memoriam and in, in support of Indigenous uh, with special regard to the, um, uh, to, uh, to the schooling situation, uh, the residential school situation, and the lost children uh, and whatnot uh, that happened there. Uh, and this was a, a holiday put in place um, whereby uh, it's federal, so all federal workers had the day off, and then businesses right now had the chance to, uh, the choice of whether or not they wanted to observe that or not for their employees, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I think it's good. I think it, I think it should probably be there because it is like a long-standing part of the country's history that's still ongoing that we're still trying to figure out. We still don't know the entire gravity of it. Uh, it was something that, Personally, it was weird to me that when we just had this federal election, that it was such a massive um, frontline news thing going into the election that it was almost never mentioned in any of uh, the or either of the parties' platforms for what they were going to do moving forward, despite the fact that it was lots of coming out and, and talking about, you know, how sad it was that we were continuing to find hundreds of children buried underneath schools, uh, indigenous children buried underneath schools around the country. Um, so that was a little weird and, uh, I wish there was more done there. I'm sure there's more to come, uh, certainly, but, uh, this is, I think, uh, a pretty good start. And, uh, Tim Hortons, of course, the forever Canadian, uh, uh, forefront for retailers were, were selling donuts in, in support of this, uh, hundred percent of the, uh, proceeds going towards, uh, this day and, uh, and supporting people 
uh, for it. So I'm for it. I'm I'm okay. It's not that it, you know. It's not that it's like yay. We have another day off. But I think of all the days in which we've given, you know, days off. This is probably not the worst choice. Yeah, I mean, I mean, sure. Uh, not against it. Um, I just, you know, I'm the type of guy that's not even a big fan of Black History Month. Um, and I'm black. So, um, I know that might sound really weird. I just, we talked uh, about that on the podcast before, actually, I think during that. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, I think I, 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 I'm going to be honest. I think a day off or a month, say dedicated to black history, um, or, or a day for the indigenous, um, I'm not against it by any means. Uh, and I think any, any moment to reflect, um, you can't really argue against it. Uh, but so it is I'm, kind of performative. It, it, it is kind of performative. Yeah. Yeah. And I hate to say that cause I don't want to sound insensitive or try and take this moment from the indigenous, uh, communities out there. Um, cause that's not what it's all about. Um, I feel for indigenous people in general. And I think that we can do better as a country to our indigenous people um, that have suffered and continue to suffer. This isn't just something that happened um, at a dark history of Canada. These are things that With, maybe not at that, but the, the, you know, the indigenous people are this still... Wasn't, this wasn't 200 years ago. No, this was like 60 years ago. 60 years ago. Uh, <laughs> and even still today. Yeah. Um, you know, we want to talk about Black Lives Matter and all this other stuff. You know, where is the, the you know, we, we talk about all kinds of different groups. But Missing nobody, indigenous women. Where, where, like, where, it, where, where are we singing for our indigenous people that have gone through horrible, horrible things, um, you know, still today? Uh, it's, it's crazy. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I'm not against the day. I'm not against a day of reflection, but I think that we should, as a country, um, we should be doing more to make this more of a dialogue in our everyday and making this part of, uh, just treating, um, the indigenous people better and getting out the history more. Uh, I'm not talking about a month of this or a holiday that's going to fix this. We need to start treating our communities better. When you just, you know, it's just in, in general. And I think, I think, uh, having a holiday is, is a bit of a cop out, to be honest. I think it's a little bit of a putting a stamp on it. We're doing something. Uh, and yeah, I get it. It's good. And I'm happy that people are, 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 you know, doing their thing. Uh, and, and we're taking a day to reflect, but my God, uh, it's the, you know, they, they interviewed one of the leaders in the indigenous, indigenous communities after the, like, right after the announcement was made that the, conserv- the, the uh, liberals, sorry, won the federal government back again and, and how they felt about it and whatnot. And they said, you know, it's, it's, it's fine, but, you know, neither side, conservative or liberal, really talked at all about any of the shit that was just happening a few months ago. Yes. That all the citizens, like pretty much every citizen, wants something to be done. The problem is citizens can only do so much on our own. Yep. This is something that the government does have to do something about. 
All we can do is vote for whoever is going to that says they're going to do something. But when nobody is saying they're going to do something, you know, you feel bad for them. Like, what the fuck are you supposed? What are you supposed to do? Like, yeah. you can say that you support them and you can give to causes and you can obviously uh, uh, do whatever any reasonable human can do to be a kind and uh, and uh, and and acknowledge all of this stuff and face it and own up to it. Uh, within your that has happened within your country and continues to be a problem, but the government has to be able to do something. And if we can, if we can't vote somebody that's going to at least do some sort of federal level shit to start moving the ball. Bro, I'm just going to say it, man. I'm just going to say it, man. It's it's not as trendy and it's not as uh it's it's not as, as it's not trendy enough. It's not trendy. It's not trendy enough for for them for them to be. Listen, I've I've watched all these political stuff and I I've I've. I'm probably more into politics now and over the last few years than I ever have been. Um, and, 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 you know, there's a lot of talk about black people. There's a lot of talk about LGB uh, communities and, and, and all this other stuff. There's rarely any talk about our indigenous people uh, because it just doesn't seem like it's the popular thing to do. And we just got to, we got, we got to, we got to, we got to speak up. It's not, I'm not saying that the fights that aren't happening are important ones. They absolutely are. Uh, but I just find indigenous, the indigenous communities get the short end of the stick a lot of the time. I'm just going to say it. Uh, and, and it ain't right. And I don't think a, a holiday um, is, is, is the fix. It's um, not a solution. It's, it's a good thing a, to have. It's good and- to have, but let's put in the work now. Right? Yeah, Let's, now you have to do you have to do more than just all right. We're going to mark a day, but really, this that's that's something that like after a few years, everyone's just taking a holiday. It's a and holiday, you're not th- and you're not even thinking about why the holiday is happening. You're yeah. just taking a holiday. Yeah, it's 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 that it should be there, and that's fine. And it's good, and it's something you can't argue against, which is also convenient for them. But that's that's a low bar. Now you have to actually like start properly putting plans in place and doing things yep. at a much higher level with much more impact uh and uh and that's just not what we're seeing yet yet hopefully, hopefully. we will right hopefully we will and uh it's a good start i'm not against it i'll be honest i would have just rather have seen more proactive um on the ground uh ch- uh m- changes being made and communities being helped opposed to a holiday that people can take a day off federally. Um, you know, I, I just would have rather have seen a move, a, 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 a movement happen uh, and some implementation instead of just a holiday, but I'm not against it by, by all means. I'm not against it. I think it's better than nothing. So sure. That's my last question. Thing. Last question, Jeff, you listen to a lot of audio books. Do you have some favorites that you can recommend and Adam, any physical books that you can recommend reading? So what do you got for audios? Um, I mean, most of my audio books are like, um, real estate related books. Um, um, financial Which answers books. coyote conundrums while asking about real estate books. So if you do have some, okay. then why not mention so, a couple? Right now, I'm actually listening to Battle Cry by Jason Wilson, uh, Wilson, and that is uh, the guy. I don't know if you guys seen the story uh, on or the video of um, a mixed martial or a, a martial artist that that uses like biblical, biblical um, um, uh, I guess, like ideologies or, or philosophies um, 
with with discipline and he trains children to be stronger women and men um kind of take them out of bad situations uh and there was this video that was made uh that went super viral and he was actually on the Joe Rogan podcast not too long ago um where uh this kid he had to he had to punch through um uh, a little piece of wood and he was scared to do it and he was crying and he you know the guy got Yeah, a, I know I know this guy. Okay to cry and stuff. That yeah. guy um he's got a book out called Battle Cry so I'm about halfway through it and it's basically just a book about um men being able to um uh not only be masculine on in in the sense of basically the theme of it that I'm getting so far is you know we are as men oftentimes um having to be looked at as or 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 the expectation to be strong masculine guys that you know men don't really cry or they 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 don't show it you know um you know if they're going to do it they better do it by themselves it kind of like a bit of shows weakness or whatever you know women are celebrated for being strong women as well right you know you can have a masculine like woman that and when i say that i mean as in you know you know whether it's muscular or or um just a strong independent uh type woman that that has you know more of masculine and and it's almost praised and that's great it should um but men aren't necessarily praised for having more of a feminine uh or or an emotional side right and in the book it it basically it talks about how it's important that a man, you know, can cry. A man can express his, uh, his, his troubles, um, you know, seek help or, or, um, you know, be honest, uh, showing your children that, you know, uh, it's okay to, to feel weak or feel, you know, these different things. It's more of a, uh, an introspective type, uh, book that uh, that I'm enjoying. It, it's uh, there's you know it's it's there is quite a bit of biblical stuff in there. Um, so it it definitely you can tell he's very religious. I'm not a religious person, but it doesn't mean that it turns me off from the book because most religions um, at the core it's usually about improving yourself and becoming a better version of yourself, right? So. Um, I'm enjoying that book, so I would I would recommend it. Um, and uh, in terms of uh, real estate books, um, you can't go wrong with. Um, uh, there's a book called "The Book on Rental Property Investing." Hurry, you don't say. You don't say. Uh, and that's from uh, Brandon <laughs> Turner from Bigger Pockets. Um, and, uh, you know, there's, I really enjoyed a book called crushing it in apartments and commercial real estate, uh, from Brian M. Murray. Um, I actually, uh, really enjoyed, uh, Damon John, the guy who created FUBU, the shark tank guy. He has, um, a book called the power of broke. Um, very good as well. It's kind of like his story of his come up and, uh, some of the things that he's done and mistakes he's made and stuff like that. Um, and one of my favorite books, um, 
and he's a bit of a he's a bit of a character. Some people love him, some people hate him. Um, sell or be sold uh, by Grant Cardone. Uh, one of my favorite books I've ever listened to. Uh, I highly recommend the audio version because he he does it himself, and he's a very it's a book that flies by because he's very animated and you can tell he's very passionate about what he does. Um, not everybody uh, gels with his way of business and his, his stuff, but um, there's a, it's a great book about how to sell because we're always selling all the time, right? I'm selling you guys on listening to the podcast. I'm selling my wife on, um, you know, watching this movie tonight opposed to this movie. I'm selling, you're constantly selling. You might not be physically selling a product, but you're selling your uh, your opinion or your whatever in every facet of life. And it, there's so many gems in there about negotiating, how to read people, how to adapt, how to um, control a conversation, how to... Um, it's just it's it's a great read. Uh, it's one of my was one of my favorite books to read, and I took a lot out of it. It's stuff that I I've used um, in my own business and my personal life. Um, so yeah, those are just a few books. I've got a ton, uh, but those are some of the ones that that kind of stand out. And the the seller be sold can be used in real estate as well. So you know when you're negotiating, when you're trying to get deals, it all kind of encompasses together. Uh, physical books, man. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, when it comes to the books that I've read and I don't read pretty much ever these days because I, almost all of my reading is just whatever I'm doing online. If I'm reading about news or, or whatever else. And by the time I'm done all that, it's rare for me to want to sit down and recreationally read. I want to get in that mindset. It, get, it got really, I've said this a million times in the podcast, it got very difficult for me to get back into that mindset after university, like just like going through like a thousand textbooks and I was just kind of over it and I never really fell back into it. But for the brief times that I have, um, you know, I bought a Kindle to try and spur on the want to like read again and things of that nature. Audiobooks, Adam. Um, That's where it's at, man. Well, like audiobooks are good, but there is, and I, and I, I love audiobooks ability to be able to like be paired with, you know, oh, I'm on the treadmill or, oh, I'm doing work around the house or, oh, I'm just laying in bed, whatever. Yeah. Uh, driving, but, for, you know? but like, yeah, driving as well. Yeah. It's a good way to like work that stuff in, but I would like to be able to read physically more because there, there are more, there are lots of mental benefits of reading, reading a book versus just having it read to you. Um, that, uh, that I would like to be able to take on that, uh, uh, you know, those benefits a little bit more frequently in my life, not, and I, I, I would love to do more audio stuff as well. And if I, if I was commuting, I probably would for sure. That would be like one of the things podcasting or, or audiobooks would be the first thing on my list, listening to people talk about stuff. Um, the ones that I've enjoyed uh, I'm a science, I'm a science fiction guy and, um, and, uh, and a, a bit of a fantasy, uh, guy as well. That's been the majority of my recreational reading for most of my life. And so the same books I've mentioned before in the past, Arthur C. Clarke's Rama, uh, is a really good, uh, a really good book. Um, uh, what I read of the Mistborn series was really good and I can highly recommend that as well. Um, 
I wasn't the biggest fan of the Wheel of Time that I that I read because I can only take, you know, some authors get really verbose. It's like they it's like they're showing off or they think it's important uh to do this where they'll be like, "All right, so, you know, Sanderson who, who did Wheel of Time, if I'm not mistaken, it's like his thing was like, uh, "All right, uh my characters are going to be on a cart going somewhere." And when the scene starts and I'm describing the day and the cart going somewhere, I need like five pages to describe that. Not that anything happened, but I'm going to describe every molecule of air. I ain't reading those fucking books. That have, some people, that. some people, like some authors really get into that shit. And that drove me a little fucking nuts. Um, I ain't got no time for no stories, man. I'm, uh, so I'm, I, uh, I I need to hear real people talking about real shit <laughs> about stuff that I'm interested in. I don't give a well, fuck about yeah. fairy tales and and sci-fi alien shit. I don't give a fuck about any of that shit. Just give me some stuff that's going to improve myself. That if I, there's a topic I'm interested in, give me the audiobooks and I'm a I'm a listen to the fuck out of them. I need to. Well, I need to get out. Come out of it feeling like I've learned something. Yeah, I'll watch video or listen to audio when it comes to topics like that. I I am a fan of listening to intelligent people debate topics and things of that nature. Um, honest debate, not whatever fucking version of debate that exists in 2021 on social media, but like legitimate uh, representing your side kind of debate. Uh, I do greatly enjoy that stuff, and I consume that far more than a book. But when I do when I do read books, it's because it's similar to a game or a movie. Is it's a form of escapism? It's like yeah. the relaxing part. So and and my favorite genres of escapism just so happen to be science fiction and yeah. uh, and fantasy. Um, Hard and, for me to do that. Hard. And sometimes, yeah, and sometimes the the thing is about really good writers is that even if it's a fictional work, um, you know, all writing is based on some form of of reality. Uh, and there are, there are still, um, life lessons to be learned in the, uh, in the stories and the interactions of characters and the, and the themes of books that are well-written, um, as well, which is nice, but that's not the primary version I read. It's, uh, in, in that, in that way, but yeah, Rama, Mistborn, um, Wheel of Time, those are books that lots of people will recommend, regardless. Rama, probably less than Wheel of Time and Mistborn. Uh, but uh, but that's pretty much, you know, my pocket. I don't go very far outside of that when I do find the time to uh, to read. And that's it. That's it. It's a long one. That's it. It's technical podcast. I don't even have the I don't even have the chat up to see how long it is. Oh, okay. No, it's not not too bad. It's pretty average. Not bad. But that's it. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much for stopping by. Hopefully you enjoyed yourselves. Hit the follow button here on Twitch or uh, head on over to youtube.com slash TV. Subscribe and bell icon there to catch the uh, the VODs if you missed this live. Uh, of course, head on over to patreon.com slash TV if you want to financially support this podcast. You guys have been amazing. Check out our sponsors and all the usual stuff. We'll see you guys next week. And uh, until then, stay safe out there and peace. Peace.